This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Make sure that you check out all of our past episodes at MarkingOut.com. And you will see as the header says, this is episode 635. That is right. It is our WrestleMania review. It was a full weekend of pro wrestling. It was taken over by the WWE, but you have come to us to listen to that review because this is Mark and Out. Make sure that you're checking us out on Spotify, over on wherever else you're going to listen to us. Not Apple Podcasts just, just yet, just yet. But make sure you buy a t-shirt over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mark and Out. Give us a follow on Twitter at Mark and Out. Give us a like on Facebook. Give us a follow on Instagram at MarkinOut11. Also, check us out over on YouTube, MarkinOut11. Check us out over on Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, all of the fine stuff. Follow me, Dave the Rave, at DavidPTDPT. Brandon at BTTG161. And Chris at ChrisSweenDog on Twitter. And at CM Sweeney 85 on Instagram. I am here with the legendary, the man that Lucha Libre was invented based off of. Okay. It is him. It is he. Okay. It is the man. It is Brandon. Brandon, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? I'm doing really good. I mean,. I'm excited. This was a great WrestleMania weekend, and I, well, I'm I, really excited to see. There were there were some ups this, uh... and some downs. I think. Yes, yes, it depends. You know, I I'm trying to look on the uh, the brighter side of it all instead of the negative side because there were negatives. But let's stay on the bright side of it all. So, how was your week? My week was good. My week was uh really good. Um, unfortunately plans fell through for WrestleMania itself, but I was able to enjoy watching WrestleMania. I was a big fan of it all. Um, a ton of mark out moments, which I always love because it makes it WrestleMania and the reaction from the crowd and everything. It just really brings me back into that position of, I am such a mark. I love being a mark. I love being a pro wrestling fan. (laughs) I love pro wrestling. And it's those moments where you hear the wrestler connect to the crowd and the crowd take over and the wrestling take over. And I'm just, I'm just a mark. What about you? How was your week? It was good. It's funny. Last year, uh, in between stand and deliver and WrestleMania, I ended up making meat sauce and baked ziti. Nice. I remember style. But this year I was like really not trying to do much, but I ended up, I tried to butterfly some chicken cutlets to fry them. Mm-hmm. But they still turned out super thick, like more thick than I wanted them to be. But it turned out good. Yeah. I did go to Cheesecake Factory again on WrestleMania Sunday. Okay. 
which is like a weekly thing at this point. And when I walked in, the hostess was like, booth for three, Brandon, right? <laughs> and I felt like Norm. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you remember that hostess name? No, I never. She never said my name is so and so. You should you should ask next time. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, I don't socialize with people. I know. No, you do. You're a social. You are a big. Hey, you are a big socializer. You are the socializer of socializing. I don't know. If I go to a party, I touch the four corners. That's what I do. That's my shit. It is a game that Brandon plays at every party. He makes sure that it's like a a turnbuckle match. You yeah, know, where he's a, just a trying four to quarters touch, match. <laughs> yeah, he's just trying to touch the corners and be done. And it's and funny people home. ask, "What if there's no fourth corner, or whatever?" It's like you just go to like each end of the party. Yeah, you just keep on going until you can't. It's funny you know? on the way home from Cheesecake Factory though. I saw somebody wearing a Bloodline T-shirt, and I I thought that was funny because I own the the different color of the shirt. Mm-hmm. I, we didn't throw up ones or anything. So yeah, he had, he like looked at me or something. I think we would have, I think I would have put ones. up a one and then he would have acknowledged me. Yes. There you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Very cool. So how was your, uh, your WrestleMania? It was good. I feel like, should we talk about WrestleMania first? Or should we talk about like the biggest news story Ooh. to hit? You know what? Let's talk about the biggest news story coming out of WrestleMania. The Endeavor merger. It was announced on Monday that Endeavor will be absorbing WWE and merging it with the UFC to form a brand new publicly traded company, which is, quote, a global live sports and entertainment company, a $21 billion company. That will probably go public in about four to six months. I believe the ticker that they had uh, reserved as of right now is TKO, but we don't know what the actual company is going to be called. Start to uh, buy up every single spec that's out there. And I know it's like probably very highly improbable, depending on the agreement also. I think WWE could split from that in the future. Mm-hmm. But I, again, that's like a super rare thing for a company to do that. I know there have been cases, but like, again, business-wise, very, very rare. Yeah. But they're going to continue to pursue their own TV deals, but might pursue a combined streaming deal. I know Peacock is up in 2026. Uh, and I, I just hope that the TV continues on USA Network and Fox because I have that right now. Okay. I hope the PLEs stay as PLEs on Peacock and don't become pay-per-views. Ain't nobody's pay. I mean, I can't say ain't nobody, but mm-hmm. I'm not paying sixty to eighty dollars a month for a pay-per-view. I agree. So I real I I hope it doesn't go into that direction. It's said that Triple H is still going to be in control of creative, but we're going to get to that in a bit. Yeah. I mean, there's really the details of it all. There's still so much left to be said about it. But, you know, hopefully, I mean, hopefully whatever is done. We'll talk about it later on about with Monday Night Raw. But Triple H addressed it completely to the fans. And hopefully as time progresses, we find out more information in the direction of WWE. 
Uh, we were assured that WWE is not changing. So, I don't know. Maybe we're going to see more faces of the UFC. I mean, we already had Conor McGregor taking to Twitter about it. Yes. I mean, he's know. been on wrestling Twitter for years now, I feel like. I know. His name always comes and goes as a potential to appear at some point. So The uh, CEO of Endeavor, by the way, Ari Emanuel. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with him? No. He's like pretty high-power person. He's who uh, Ari Gold is based off of. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I believe one of his brothers even worked in the, the White House for Obama mm-hmm. and Congress in general. I think he was That's a speaker of the House. Huh. Speaker of the House. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is it press conference? Press secretary? No, yeah. you're, you're, you're right. <laughs> no, I don't think speaker of the House is a thing. That's not. That was Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> huh. You got this. No matter what it is. I, I trust I you. think it was the, the press press secretary ah the press secretary let's see nice nice was he a press secretary chief of staff i was beyond chief of staff you were so close beyond wrong yet so far (laughs) but wrestlemania weekend took off i feel like wrestlemania weekend wise you didn't really hear as much about the independent market that was really taking place around wrestlemania weekend here and there, uh, you did. I, I know a lot of people put over Joey Janela and Ibushi. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but even still, it's not as much as it used to be, right? Ever since WWE took over two days, I mean, WWE's just... taken over a lot more than two days. They have the SmackDown and Hall of Fame combined, so yeah, yeah, totally. You know, but so let's start off with WrestleMania Night One, kicking so... off. SoFi Stadium? Yes, SoFi Stadium kicking off with the great tist person out there right now. Becky G performing America the Beautiful. I gotta Uh, say, by the way, before WrestleMania started, during the kickoff show, I watched I'm I'm sitting there watching the kickoff show. My power went out fifteen minutes before WrestleMania started. And the estimated time to get it back was ten PM and I was like beyond annoyed because i don't think power outages should exist in 2023 to begin with yeah not anymore but i was watching on my cell phone shout out to verizon for cutting off that 3g (laughs) (laughs) and i it came back right as it was about to start so i saw becky g perform america the beautiful and maybe it was just a uh, an april fool's joke to play on me before wrestlemania actually started Ah, that's true. And then uh, after Becky G, we saw that Kevin Hart intro a bunch of times throughout WrestleMania. They got their money's worth with that. Yeah, I I mean, and are you familiar with Becky G? Yeah, she was a Power Ranger. What? Yeah, she was a pink Power Ranger in the latest movie. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I'm actually a big fan of her music. I started to listen to it a lot of, like, Latino, Latina pop. And like reggaeton, ever since Bad Bunny, reggaeton. Yeah, <laughs> that's not that's not how I that's would not... say it. But... Why? How do you say it's it? reggaeton? Reggaeton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, about that. Uh, yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Becky G. Big fan. Her Big song fan. with uh, Bad Bunny, Mayoris, is really good. Yeah, she has a lot of good songs. 
Yeah. I like uh, the ones that she has with uh, what's her face. Um, I keep on forgetting the names. Kesha G. No, the other one. Carol G. Carol G. Carol G. Mommy. Yeah, mommy. I'm a big fan of mommy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> Why? That sounds like a clip that would get cut. I'm, I like. I'm a big fan of Becky G, mommy, and then also um, Akuna. Yeah. You know? No, no, Aronka, Aronka. Okay, Aronka. That's it, Aronka. <laughs> uh, but... WrestleMania, the stage, I think, might be top five all time for me. Incredible stage. It was li- literally like really? a red carpet Hollywood event. And if it's done right, I don't think it probably will be edited. But for 2K24, it, I think it would look pretty cool. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I thought that it was a beautiful uh, stage. And then we had Miz and Snoop Dogg basically open the show. I don't know why Snoop Dogg was like all over WWE's shop. And I, I know he was on the the on sale date mm-hmm. thing that they did at SoFi Stadium back when they put the tickets on sale. But we had not heard anything from Snoop Dogg. And then they released the poster at the beginning of March, and he was on that poster too. Mm. So when Miz was going around Monday Night Raw saying, oh, I think maybe I, I need a co-host or something like that, or co- people were wanting to be co-hosts, why didn't they just mention Snoop Dogg was co-hosting? Yeah, I I didn't know that Snoop Dogg was co-hosting as well. I thought that was very weird. I thought that it was just the Miz co-hosting. Like, I didn't know that Snoop Dogg was as well. I, the only thing I could think of is that maybe the plans weren't solidified. I feel like they were. That whole that title, the gold title thing, has been like a thing for months now. That's the thing. Like I don't understand why the gold title thing was such a thing for months, and it was never said that he was going to be co-host for sure. Yeah. Well, the first uh, match was Austin Theory picking up the victory over John Cena. I mean, I thought that this was a phenomenal opener. I mean, and let's not forget, before we get to the match itself, John Cena, incredible entrance with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yeah. I mean, just very, very special, setting the tone. Um, just what a incredible way to to open it with John Cena with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And we all know how uh, meaningful Make-A-Wish Foundation is to WWE, but more so John Cena. Yeah, most so wishes I- granted by any celebrity. Yeah, I think just incredible. But with the matchup itself, I thought it held its own. Uh, well, it... we saw the referee get bumped. Yep. And John Cena made Austin Theory tap out. He didn't. He wasn't aware that the referee got bumped, I guess. And when he went to check on the referee, John Cena got low blowed. And Austin Theory hit him with that ATD and picked up the victory. Yeah. So there went my dreams of a John Cena open challenge on night night two, but I thought the match itself was okay. It's definitely a huge win for for Austin Theory. Mm-hmm. And Austin Theory was interviewed later on about winning, and he basically just asked John Cena if he believes in him now. Yeah. So I think that's I thought, a strong statement. For sure. I think so as well. And him defeating one of the most winningest uh, professional in WWE history, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, John Cena is our generation of Hulk Hogan. Just cast in Barbie too. He's going to be in that movie. Yeah. So for Austin Theory to pick up a victory over John Cena, that's huge. This but, is uh, yeah. kind of annoying though that he'll be in that Barbie film because I, I have to assume John Cena is going to have a Barbie doll. That's not the annoying part. The annoying part is that 
I feel like Mattel has that partnership with with uh, Disney products. Like, how do they not include a John Cena action figure in Toy Story? Ah, uh. I've been waiting for that. I think that would be like the coolest cameo to have like an actual John Cena toy. That would be cool. I mean, he's in the video game, and he could literally voice it. Yeah, the action That'd figure be pretty John cool. Cena. <laughs> if but, you go but, to Walmart and purchase uh-huh. your figure, yeah, he's in the game. Yeah. But next up, you had Street Profits picking up the victory over Alpha Academy, Braun Strowman, Ricochet, and Viking Raiders. Um, Titus O'Neil was on commentary for this. Yep, Titus O'Neil was on commentary. Um, I was disappointed that the Viking Raiders... Oh, yeah. I thought you were about to say in the match. I was like, what? No. This, this I mean, dude... Chad Gable hit that uh, chaos theory on Braun Strowman. I feel like we might have seen that before, but it's always cool to see something like that, especially on a stage like WrestleMania. And we saw Braun Strowman do that diving splash. That's not really typically in his moveset. So I thought that Mm. was cool. We saw a lot of cool other spots that the springboard shooting star, uh, Fez Press, to the outside by Ricochet, I thought was really cool. Yeah, but in the end, it was the Street Profits. Uh, unfortunately, I, I hate saying that, but I think Viking Raiders should have come out victorious there. Mm-hmm. Uh, match after that, we saw Seth Rollins pick up the victory over Logan Paul, who ziplined his way to the entrance uh, to the 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 stage, and then a, yeah, a, very. A conductor led Seth Rollins' entrance. The crowd, I thought that was so goofy. That was definitely goofy uh, with the conductor. The entrance, though, with Logan Paul, I feel like the camera work could have been better. I, with, like, the second shot where it was, like, zoomed out, it's like, I don't see him. <laughs> and then the the scene where it was just underneath him for, it seemed like too long of a period of time underneath him. I, I did see that entrance leaked beforehand, though. I saw a little, but I think that overall there were mo- many moments during this pay-per-view where... Uh, the production of the camera, like where they were cutting to, didn't make sense to me. But this also, match, he had a, a prime energy drink with him during his entrance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Rollins versus Paul. This match lived up to expectations, in my opinion. And Logan, yeah, yeah, Logan Paul controlled a good chunk of it. Yeah, he stepped it up. He controlled a good part of it. He had one part, one giant part. Where uh, Seth Rollins was set up on the table, and he had this prime. Well, even before uh, that, though, that even though Logan Paul missed it, that moonsault by him was fantastic. Yeah, he like he he did the 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 box jump to the top rope. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, and then that's when uh, we saw after that the the prime energy drink saved Logan Paul from losing. And it was unmasked to be KSI, who at the time I wasn't sure, but I definitely saw him box a match at one point. I'm not, I mean, I've heard of his name, but only because of Logan Logan Paul and Jake Paul, but I'm not too familiar with him. But yeah, there was that part where Seth Rollins was going to go through the table and then he just pulled KSI onto the table, sending uh, Logan Paul doing the frog splash, well, splash. 
into KSI taking out the entire table. I thought I that thought was a that, solid spot. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it was good. And it was, I think they, like you said, they delivered. Yeah. Logan Paul, he gets delivered. so much heat and hate. And it's like, bro, there's no way, like, there's literally no way that you can say Logan Paul didn't deserve to be rookie of the year last year. Yeah. Like, there's nobody that had a, a year like Logan Paul in his rookie year. So, no, I mean, nobody has achieved what he has within that rookie year of having as many matches in the spotlight and delivery. Yeah, absolutely. Um, incredible athlete. I hope that he does resign uh, if the rumors are true with him saying that his contract is expired now right. as of now. So hopefully he does resign if that's true, because I want more Logan Paul. Who would you put Logan Paul in the ring with next? Uh, that's a tough question. Who it's you... funny because like we know that a Logan Paul match has to be like a big name match, but I would uh-huh. like to see him face Ricochet and see what they can do together. Oh, you know we do have that setup from uh, Royal Rumble. It'd be yeah. cool. Like, I mean, King of the Ring is coming up. I wouldn't mind Logan Paul competing in one or two of the King of the Ring matches. That would be cool. No, no, I would agree with you. I think that seeing Ricochet versus Logan Paul would be actually really entertaining. Yeah. For sure. Next up, you had Becky Lynch, Alita, and Trish Stratus picking up the victory over Damage Control. Um, This match, again, it delivered as well. It was pretty I've- chaotic. It was. There was a lot. Uh, there was a lot of moments where they paired up against each other, which I was a fan of. I'm always a fan of that pair up moment, where you have a prolonged match, and then towards the end of it, you have like Becky Lynch looking at Bailey, and then Lita looking at uh, Io Sky, and then Trish Stratus looking at Dakota Kai, and they're just staring, doing that stare off, and then they all just go to blows. I I always love that spot. Um, to hype the crowd up. Um, Trish, by the way, having a, a play on her WrestleMania 21 gear, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. And I guess yeah. the people were saying that the entrance was uh, Sin City. I never saw Sin huh. City, but to me, that's that's literally, I, it was a black and white version of Lyra Valkyria's entrance. <laughs> I would have never thought of it being Sin City. I didn't get it. But now that you mentioned Sin City, yeah, it's Sin City, but where does it fit in? Yeah, I don't know. And why? You know, if anything... Hollywood. But even still, who has... I mean, so why are we choosing just them to have that Sin City? Well, that's... that. I mean, people get special entrances all the time. Last year, we saw Becky Lynch have a special Marvel entrance, which I thought, like, until somebody pointed out that it was Marvel, I just thought it was her version of the Then Now Together Forever video. Yeah. But uh, I liked Trish Stratus hitting the stratosphere with the assist from Lita and Becky Lynch to Dakota Kai Yeah, on the outside. She went to do it in the ring, and then she, she got put on the, the ring apron. I thought that was pretty cool. And the, the manhandle slam from the middle rope that did Bailey in was nice as well. Yeah, I agree with you. After that, we saw Rey Mysterio pick up the victory over Dominic. We saw Bad Bunny on Spanish commentary. I don't know how many times we've had like special guest Spanish commentary. Uh-huh. I thought that was pretty cool. But Dominic was driven out in a police van instead of a low rider like we all kind of had hopes for. 
Yeah. And although it didn't make sense, given that Dom has been out of jail for weeks or prison, I guess, mm-hmm. he had uh, a really cool entrance with the guards. Dan Barry was one of the officers. I popped for that. Yeah. He had his own version of the Rey Mysterio Halloween Havoc mask, which was really cool. Yeah, even his attire. Uh, his attire, I don't know if it was necessarily specifically that... that, because on the sides of his gear were Eddie Guerrero-inspired tights. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. But uh, Rey Mysterio came out with Snoop, jo- Snoop Dogg in a lowrider. And then they played, what was it, nothing but a G thing, right? I think so. I believe. And then it turned into Viva La Raza with Eddie Guerrero, Titantrons, and everything. So that was, like, and really Everybody cool. popped. Yeah, and then... I mean, you even see Vicky, Vicky Guerrero tweeted out saying that she was in tears watching that. Yeah, it was a really cool moment. And his mask, I believe, I don't know if it was a great mood attribute or not. He doesn't... He was asked about it later on, and, and he doesn't quite say that it was a great mood yeah. attribute. He does say that it, that the mask was being made in the process for six years now by somebody mm-hmm. who works for the MCU. And he wanted it to be like a Hollywood thing instead of a superhero. Yeah. And the color scheme he got, given the, the ring lighting and everything, the, the pink lights from the Cinemojis... Uh, I thought it was red and yellow, but it was like a, a peach and yellow sort of thing. Mm-hmm. He said that he saw the color scheme on a UFC mat for for Howlerhead. He called it beer, but I looked it up. It's whiskey. Uh-huh. And then he said that his jacket was inspired by the Wolverine gear that they had for All Out. So I thought that was a pretty cool mention. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. but overall... This match was a lot of fun. You finally had Dominic getting beaten up by Rey Mysterio. He had the actual the butt whipping with the, the belt. I yeah. thought that was really funny. Yeah, you had that moment. I thought that Dominic held his own against uh, his dad, uh, who is more of a quick-paced wrestler. I thought that the interference with Bad Bunny was entertaining. I mean, even Dominic you know? threw a drink in Aaliyah's face and she went to get involved and Ray held her back. And then we saw Angie slap Dominic, mm-hmm. but Finn Balor and Damian Priest showed up and that led to them getting involved. The LWO ran down to attack judgment day and took them out of it. Or yeah, it should be to. noted that it's official that they are the well, LWO. It was, it was noted on SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah. But even now, so I mean, oh, should I say Becky G is a member? I didn't see that, but that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Also, I feel like during... Zelina Vega should have been ringside for that with that moment. Even though, even though Rhea Ripley had her match next or whatever, like Rhea wasn't involved yeah. in this match. I feel like Zelina could have been. Well, Zelina did have that backstage segment. So Zelina and Becky G bumped backstage together. And then Zelina's like, hey, just so you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the LW was back and Becky G's like, of course I know. I was a big fan. <laughs> And then a big Selena fan. Vega, is, isn't she like <laughs> 26? I think she's 26. And then she, uh, <laughs> Selena Vega told Becky G that she's one of the members of LWO. Well, offered it. And so Becky G, she gave her a t-shirt. Becky G is a member of the LWO. That's funny. And so, uh, yeah. yeah, Damien Priest ended up having a chain in his blazer that Bad Bunny took away from Dominic. And that 
tied everything together with Bad Bunny, Rey Mysterio, The Judgment Day. All in all, I thought that was a great... And only, it's crazy, the only second, the second time we saw a father versus son at WrestleMania. Yeah. The first, obviously, being Shane and, and Vince. Mm-hmm. After that, we saw Rhea Ripley pick up the victory. The Royal Rumble winner, Rhea Ripley, pick up the victory over Charlotte Flair to become the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Michael Cole mentioned before the match started that this was the first time in WWE history that they had an all-women's match where, or I guess at Mania, not not in general, but at WrestleMania where the referee was also female. So I thought that was pretty cool mm-hmm. to mention that. Yeah, very, very nice moment. Uh, I thought that uh, this match, so parts of it were like slow and they had like dull moments, but all the hard hitting stuff that they did, I thought was really well done. And it definitely picked up towards the end to where I could say that this might be like one of the top matches from WrestleMania this weekend. Yeah. I mean, I, so this match got rave reviews, rave reviews. Fans ate it up. Um, and I think that something that I liked a lot was going to like during this match and after it, everybody's like Charlotte Flair, this and that. She's leaving the company. She's unhappy. She's no, angry. She's just taking a break. Yeah, she, she. You can see how upset she is on her face about all of this. <laughs> but the thing that I liked the most was very similar to I believe it was Sasha Banks and well, yeah, Sasha Banks at WrestleMania when Bianca Belair won. Yeah, with Bianca Belair, Roxanne where... Perez as well. We'll get to yeah, that. There... There was there was a clip of well there was a part where they spliced to Ray Ripley in the ring and you, from Charlotte Flair's perspective, and you kind of see Charlotte Flair looking up at her and you can see in Charlotte Flair's face and eyes that she's like legit proud. Yeah, like she was she was like cracking a smile, like she was legit proud of Ray Ripley, just like Sasha Banks with Bianca Belair. It was one of those moments where it's like, this is cool. The Charlotte at one point, uh, Rhea Ripley was going for the riptide and Charlotte countered that with a a really, really nice DDT. Mm. I thought that was nice. And then the, the German suplex where, where Charlotte landed on her face. That was nasty. Yeah. I liked that. The, the ref bump wasn't actually a ref bump. Jess just like shook it off. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it didn't didn't last too long. But Flair got knocked out, and Rhea Ripley hit that riptide from the 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 middle rope, and picking up the victory. Yeah, Rhea Ripley became a, a Grand Slam champion, just like that. And some some even say the ultimate Grand Slam champion because she also held the NXT UK Championship. Ah, yes, very true. Women's Championship. Yeah. After that match, we saw the Miz and Snoop Dogg again, and. Snoop Dogg was like, it would be good if you had a match. And then Miz spoke about how he apparently issued an open challenge. And everyone's like, what? When did he do this? (laughs) Pat McAfee showed up. Michael Cole marked the absolute heck out. (laughs) I thought it was really funny at one point when Pat got to the ring. Michael Cole, I think, repeated it multiple times. But at one point, he was by the ring and he goes... Is this real life or is this an April Fool's? And and Corey Graves is like, what do you mean he's nine feet from us or something like that? I thought that was really <laughs> funny. But Pat yeah. McAfee picked up the victory over the Miz. We saw I mean, George Kittle get involved. No Sarah Miedo, but uh, George Kittle got involved, which was a cool thing. 
And uh, it was just a fun extra match to get at WrestleMania. I agree. I thought this was a fun match. And you you had the... Take a little spots from Pat McAfee. You had that uh, that moonsault spot. Yeah, where back he spot. You know, but Still it was definitely nice. Still makes zero sense that he's not in WW2K24. Uh, 100%. 100%. They, but they went as far that, as to remove him. That's so lame. But something that was, let's say, and not so fun. I, you know, I can't trash this segment because it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It was what I thought it was going to be, and I wasn't into it. But Lil Uzi Vert uh, came out, and I think he did music, whatever you want to he call that. He was supposed to. Well, not supposed to. It's. I thought it was going to be like a full-on like song or whatever, but it was literally just to play the Usos out. Yeah. To introduce the Usos. So for that aspect of it, I'm completely fine with that. Because if you rewind to like WrestleMania 28 or something... We saw Flo Rida play The Rock to the ring, and prior to that, we saw MGK play John Cena to the ring Yeah. before their actual themes played. So I am completely fine with that Lil Uzi Vert performance. I don't know his music. I just know that he was on AEW television before that. So, And, of course, I know his name, but I don't know his music. I'm, so I'm just I'm completely fine that that spot happened. I, I thought we were getting, like, a completely like nothing to do with the Usos. Yeah, spot. I'm. I, it's not not my thing at all. I mean, he he didn't. He could have at least pulled up his pants. I thought. He I mean, was, I thought they were like shoot, gonna fall off. He's like I, throwing challenges left and right. He's like, I'm I'm wrestling at WrestleMania 40 next year in Philly. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna face Dominic. I think he's. I don't know if he's. Did he say Ricochet also? I didn't hear Ricochet. I heard him call out Dominic. Yeah, though. he definitely did Dominic. Maybe he did Lashley. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I, was, I mean, hey, if you want to spend the the year or so training, I'm. If if you could be if you could be a celebrity and bring eyes to the product and be as good as Bad Bunny and Logan Paul have been, yeah, I'm for it. Even like, dude, how much at WrestleMania 27? I think it was when Snooki was announced. I was like, oh, what the actual heck is this? <laughs> and then she went into the ring and. With the minimal stuff that she did, I was very impressed with what she what she per- performed in that match at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you could go out there and like not suck, I think that's like I'm fine with that celebrity involvement. Well, something that definitely was far from sucking. This match was incredible. The main event of the evening of night one of WrestleMania, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens picking up the victory over the Usos to become the new tag team champions. This match was amazing. A lot of people say that uh, Charlotte and Rhea Ripley should have closed, but I think it, I mean, I don't think they would have gotten the same outcome as they did for, for this match. So I'm very, very happy that this match closed Night one. I totally agree with you. I think that this closing, um, storyline-wise, it just made makes, sense. There is no... I'm sorry. Like, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair, it didn't have as much as a, of a build-up as... It's, if you Sammy's go on night one and night two, the only two matches that are main event built up are the two matches that main evented. Yeah. And I think it's really cool. The last time, the only other time that we saw a tag team main event close WrestleMania was WrestleMania 1. 
with Hulk Hogan and Mr. T facing Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff. Yeah, I, I think that this was, it makes sense. Just as you said, it makes sense that this was the main event. And this match was so much fun. They had back and forth action. Even, dude, their their gear, they had the PWG logo on their gear. I thought that was really cool. Incredible moment. The Olay chance, of course, at WrestleMania. That's just like, it was just so much fun to watch this match. It was. It was a lot of fun, especially because you didn't... Usos could have easily yeah. walked out of there as champions. I liked Sammy hitting the brain buster on, on the apron to Jay Uso. We did, I think, the Usos maybe controlled a lot of this, and a lot yeah. of people are like, bro, how many super kicks are they going to throw? I think somebody tallied it. It was like 22 super kicks in this match or something. <laughs> but I, I, I didn't find it to be like overused just because like the selling, I thought, was... No, Incredible. I thought, I thought that it was. I thought that any super kick that was done was done properly, and it made like, sense in the match. Yeah, 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 exactly. It made sense. It wasn't just done for the sake of doing it. At one point, the Usos hit the one D, and Sami Zayn kicked out the first to ever do so. That's I true. That was really cool. The, the I didn't know if that was legit or not. Yeah, and then the the Haluva kick that that. Jay hit I thought was pretty cool yeah I mean this entire storyline there's no reason why this shouldn't be the closer I mean Sami Zayn and Jay Uso yeah that they're just the two of them alone is the main event of of the evening I liked uh after the Usos hit the stereo Uso splash Kevin Owens kicked out of that I thought that was really well done that was incredible and then I, mean, I yeah they went for the 1d from the top and and Sammy pulled Jimmy out of the ring Kevin Owens hit that fisherman buster from the middle rope and then tagged Sammy in and he hit another haluva kick on Jay and followed it up with another haluva kick and then Kevin hit that stunner yeah. on Jimmy Uso and Sammy hit again another haluva kick and that was... That was it. And with that win, Kevin Owens became a Grand Slam champion as well. Yeah. And it was cool at the, the press conference, Kevin Owens gave credit to Super Dragon, obviously, yeah. because without PWG, him and Sammy, obviously they were big in Montreal or whatever, but PWG is where they really made their, their name. Yeah. So it was cool to see them give credit the to Briscoes. Super Dragon. Yeah, they, he gave credit to the Briscoes. And uh, I saw Mark tweet uh, out about the match and it was just really amazing like, it yeah it was it was heartwarming to see that and touching yeah, it was very and, and you could tell that it was important for the both of them as you know um as it was it was just an incredible night one huge success um we yeah. believe and i thought but night, night one was really really good yeah i think that night two However. it was i think so i think that night two was good but there were spots. I think there were spots that were good, but I think that night one was so good that no matter what you put into night two, it really had to step it up because night one was that damn good. Yeah. So night night two opens up. We see Jimmy Allen perform America the Beautiful, and I still kind of regret not going to see him at Epcot. Jimmy Allen. Because I thought that'd be cool. Then we had Miz and Snoop Dogg, where it was literally just like an introduction. They didn't do anything else here. They introduced, let's get to the the matches or whatever. Brock Lesnar picks up the victory over Omos, who 
I would say controlled the beginning of this match. And Brock turned it around, eventually hit that F5, and it, it wasn't as special as I wanted it to be or thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Did you feel it, that way? or? Huh. I feel like it was, but it wasn't. Maybe because he didn't hold him up there and like prance him around up there for so long. But I was still impressed with it. I thought that almost did he did the job. You know, I thought that for his WrestleMania matchup, I thought it was it was fine against Lesnar. Like it was I, under five minutes long, I would have liked more of a struggle there. It just I, it, to so me, it just felt like it. there was nothing in this match. I thought that I didn't I didn't need more than five minutes for this match. I thought that five minutes or less was fine for this matchup. You still had both of them going at it very quickly, but Lesnar getting the upper hand. Yeah, but next up you had the horsewomen. You had Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey picking up the victory over Chelsea Green, Sonya Deville, Raquel Rodriguez, and Liv Morgan, and Natalya and Shotzi. This no tank, match- no freaking tank. What? Well, why is there no tank? Yeah, yeah. There was no. You have tank the longest for- ramp in WrestleMania right now. How is there no tank? Maybe because it would have taken too long to get down oh, there. Oh, man, that was disappointing. But maybe you could have yeah. just ridden it out on the stage and left it there at the top. Yeah, could have could have taken it to the stage. I thought it was cool that Natty had her own, like, version of helmet. The, the helmet. Yeah, she had the cat yeah, ears. Yeah, with the cat stuff. ears. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that Raquel. Everybody matched, you know, for the most part. Uh, Sonya DeVille. And and... Yeah, Raquel uh, Rodriguez and Love Morgan did. Yeah, those two matched. <laughs> Um, but I thought that this match, it was good. There were Ronda cool Rousey, spots, but I feel like that, yeah. that men it, match had so many, like, it was such a better showcase than this was. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. I think that Ronda Rousey not being involved in the match was really a downer too. I mean, she was really only a factor for the pinfall. Uh, and I truly think... It was DeVille and Chelsea Green who should have won. I agree with you. And it's pretty crazy for, not that she closed WrestleMania, but she went on second to last last year, Ronda Rousey. Uh Uh-huh. And now she's just in this random tag match. Yeah. So. Yeah. That that wasn't the the greatest performance there for the the horsewomen, unfortunately. Uh, after that, Bobby Lashley came out, and I was like, oh, that's cool. We're going to get something with Bobby Lashley. Something big's going to happen. And then they cut to commercial, and that was it. Bobby Lashley deserves better. Like, what? What? Why was that a thing? Yeah. Your Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner does nothing. I'll tell you, they're, they're, you could have cut a little bit somewhere else and had Bobby Lashley at least have a matchup. A matchup. You're in Los Angeles. You could have had whatever. You could have had Bobby Lashley do a move to Kevin Hart. Yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> Kevin Hart wasn't you even there, I bet. Probably. But you could have done something. I you feel like if something. Kevin Hart was there, you would have seen him in the actual arena or stadium, yeah. I should say. Yeah. Well, something that was really incredible, though. The next matchup, Gunther picked up the victory over Sheamus and Drew McIntyre to return the uh, championship. I was a huge fan of this match. They're, they were chopping each other. Titus O'Neil was on commentary for this, too. 
Yeah. I saw a picture of him and uh, Darren Young together at Raw, so I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah, primetime uh, players. Very disappointed that we didn't get an, or- an orchestra for Gunther. Yeah. That was very disappointing. But this match, man, I, of night two, I think this was a pretty good match. This was, uh, especially coming off of the, the opening stuff, where I'm like, oh, this is not going great. And then you get to the Gunther match, and I'm like, this has to be, like, p- please pick me up here. Yeah. This was super hard-hitting. The chops, like you said, by everyone was just absolutely nuts. Yeah, I think that this match was my favorite. Well, it was my favorite of night two. I liked when uh, when Sheamus hit the bro kick on Drew McIntyre while he was going for the Claymore. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be over. And then Drew McIntyre ends up hitting Sheamus with the Claymore. And I thought that was going to be it. But the match kept going. And unfortunately, Sheamus did not become a Grand Slam champion. But... Gunter has this incredible intercontinental championship reign. Yeah. So who's and next for that? We'll find out. But yeah, I thought it was great. After that, we Agreed. saw Bianca Belair successfully retain the Raw Women's Championship against Asuka. Both of them had cool entrances. I'll say that. Bianca had the Divas of Compton dance troupe with her on stage. And Triple H said... That the little girl who was doing the contortionist part actually had her mother, unfortunately, pass away that morning. Yeah. And then... The, just very, very sad, you know? Triple H making that announcement and stuff, just really... I think he said that the little girl was like, oh, no, I need to do this. Yeah, she she was just trying to go out there masking the pain. And, you know, our thoughts and condolences go out to her and her family. And just really, really sad. And for her to go out there... And do her thing that she has been preparing for with her friends and Bianca Belair. Just incredible. Yeah. You know, Uh, very sad. The match itself, I thought it had some good spots. I liked when uh, Bianca Belair was going for the Shining Star Press. Asuka tried to lock her in that triangle choke, but, like, it wasn't, I guess, getting in. Yeah. I'm not, like... I thought it was a de- it was a decent match. The ref spot um, here was interesting because we saw the the thing I mentioned with with uh, Jess during that other match where she like recovered from it. Yeah, this it sound seemed like they were about to try the same thing, but we saw Oscar. The ref was like looking, and Oscar spit the mist, but Bianca Belair moved. Yeah, but like it happened in front of the referee, so I thought that was weird. But Oscar, we saw her locking an arm bar and. Bianca Belair got her up for that that KOD, and she's just an absolutely incredible athlete. I I am upset that Asuka didn't win this. I'm beyond surprised that Asuka lost, but... What's her record at WrestleMania? It's awful. Asuka has never won. Bianca Belair is 3-0. and I That's the thing I don't get. Like, Asuka should have picked up this victory. I don't know if she's 0-6 or something, 0-5, but Bianca Belair has her own streak going right now. So yeah, maybe I this mean, becomes a streak, and I think maybe, and yeah, I think maybe good on good on Bianca Belair for holding the Raw Women's Championship for over a year now. Yeah, she WrestleMania was year, so. yeah WrestleMania was her one year, so you know hopefully Oscar does get the respect that she deserves out there. But next up, you had 
Miz and Snoop Dogg once again out there. Uh, they were announced. I believe they were announcing the attendance record. Yeah, and and Miz was also super annoyed with Snoop Dogg for putting him in a match against Pat McAfee because he wasn't ready. Yeah, and Snoop then introduces Shane McMahon, who I obviously yeah. marked out for. Yeah, he was like, "My my bad, dog. My bad." Yeah, and I thought like here, it's like you wait for maybe somebody else. I wasn't necessarily that's what I, waiting so, for Shane, but... That's what I thought, too, was when Shane got in the ring, I thought, did he have a microphone? I I don't know, because I feel like I heard his voice. Based off my memory, I definitely feel like I heard his voice. I, I don't remember if... I, I may be thinking of Monday Night Raw where somebody came out and had a microphone. It may have been Street Profits I'm thinking of. But for a moment, I thought that maybe somebody else was going to come out, but it ended up being Shane McMahon taking on The Miz... Uh, but unfortunately, after a leapfrog, Shane McMahon, it's said to have uh, torn his quad muscle. Yeah, Triple H reported that. Yeah, and he said, couldn't stand up. He said that Snoop Dogg was able to, without hesitation, call the match or whatever and, like, like make a change. Yeah. Which, but it's weird, though. So, the match happens or whatever. Snoop Dogg punches Miz in the face while, while Shane McMahon's lying there on the mat. And you didn't know at this time, you don't know if it's stage. <laughs> no, or... absolutely not. And I thought that was like one of the funniest things. And then Miz gets up again, Snoop decks him again. I thought that was hilarious. I thought the thing with Shane was maybe like payback to embarrass him for what he did at the Royal Rumble. Uh huh. It's like, oh, you want to be back in WWE? Well, here's this. But Triple H, I'm going to have to trust Triple H in saying that. But. Also, you hear Ref Jess over and over again telling Snoop Dogg people's elbow over and over again. She's she's somebody who I think should be getting just as much praise as Snoop Dogg and The Miz for their impromptu actions. So, yeah, so Snoop Dogg, she gets in the ring also. And she's like, people's elbow. So he goes, sets yeah, up. Yeah, she said it over and over. She's like, yeah. people's elbow, people's elbow, people's and he, elbow. he sets up his own people's elbow. He's like, I loved that he, like, had his own version of it where he, like, checks his whole body. He doesn't have an elbow <laughs> pad, obviously, so he takes his sunglasses, tosses them out into the crowd. I, I then, loved him hitting the ropes like a stiff board. Dude, so many people are <laughs> trashing that people's elbow, and I'm like, it's it's a, a Snoop Dogg version of a people's elbow. It's not supposed but, to be, like... Are are people forgetting that he's not a pro wrestler? Not to mention, I've seen a worse people's elbow. <laughs> no offense to Dennis Haskins, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think that that was an awful version of I just thought it was elbow. like, it was I just... thought it had, like, finesse to it. I just thought, like, the, the way he, like, bounced off, like, kind of like Orange Cassidy-esque. Yeah. And then the elbow, he, like, went for the actual elbow. He hit that, I thought the elbow that he hit was really nice. Yeah, uh, you know what? For somebody that's not a pro wrestler, I thought it was fine. I would love to see that version of the People's Elbow in 2K24. <laughs> so Snoop Dogg well, picks up the victory over The Miz at WrestleMania. <laughs> and again, it's a very good thing he didn't go to the top rope. That that frog splash that he hit in AEW was just absolutely terrible. No offense. Yeah. But I, I very much so enjoyed this version of the People's Elbow and everything that he did. I agree. Well, next up you had, in my opinion, two of the best entrances of the night. You had Edge pick up the victory over Finn Balor, the Demon, in a Hell in a Cell matchup. Uh, Hell in a Cell, coloring, back, no more red. Thank But goodness. again, that could just be because of WrestleMania. 
Yeah. Um, Edge coming out to Slayer. Edge before that being introduced by Russell Crowe because of what? some movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so true. Yes. So that was a little bit weird, too, because they had the exorcism. They had, like, the exorcism appear on the Titantron, and you don't know what was happening. And then it cut to a commercial, and then it came back into it. I, that was, But it was definitely part of Edge's entrance. Yeah, no, it was part of Edge's entrance. It was just different. And we got a brood entrance, but not a brood entrance. Yeah. We got the, his coat at least had the brood logo on it with Gangrel. And, and they called him brood, brood Edge. Yeah, the screen said brood Edge also. But it yeah, was so it was um, cool to see Gangrel and Edge at WrestleMania, even though they weren't actually there. Yeah, I thought that his mask was really cool. I didn't get it. I thought it was awesome. Was the it, mirrors? Is it Daft Punk? Daft Punk? I don't know. I think Daft. I just no, saw no, it not as Daft mirrors. Punk. Did, um, maybe Kanye West had something like that. I don't know. I just saw it as a really cool mirror mask. Um, yeah. Know? So, but he had he had uh, uh, wings as well. Oh, yeah, like that was he cool. was, a, you know, coming out of the ground, and then he switched over to the rated R Superstar Edge. Um, but then you had the demon come out. Now, the demon's entrance was a little bit weird to me, too, at moments. I thought his was just normal demon. It, it seemed normal, but... What was disappointing was that it wasn't darker. And why was it in slow motion at points? I think that's just part of the demon sometimes. I don't know, but it felt like the slow motion was just like unnecessary and then what i didn't like about so they had great entrances downside is that every single like attire change or whatever change like giving the demon new um smoke canisters they zoomed out of the entrance to show the entire crowd and then go back to the wrestler and they have a new whatever but the match itself was, uh, it was a good, fun match to begin with. I like that the weapons were red and purple. Yeah. Finn Balor at one point edged through a ladder at him and he got busted open, which took a, a, a bit away from the match. Yeah. Triple H I, said that he was numbed and stapled on the spot. Yeah, you saw, I saw pictures Finn of him Balor getting stapled. Finn Balor posted that, ugh, that gash, it was awful. Yeah, you know, and I agree with you. I thought that the match was on pace, but then this moment, this took place. But after that, it was it, fine. I, you know, it took me out of no, it. No, dude, that it execution, really, that edge hit from the top rope off the ladder, I thought that was really cool. It started to get pick up again, like, Even, but to recover from that, it's a I lot think, to recover I from. I mean, they recovered. They were down there for, it felt like three minutes. I think it was like maybe five minutes. Yeah, it felt like a long time where it was just focused on Edge. They didn't even show Finn Balor at well, all. Well, obviously they're not going to show him because he's got blood. There was blood all over the mat. Yeah. So and obviously it's hard to see with his paint on, so they had to like go go through that even more carefully. Yeah. That, well, that then that you had Frost that he hit off the cell wall. I thought that was pretty cool when he went through the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a cool moved. spot. But yeah. the are you uh, you have any more spots to talk about other than the finish? No, no, no. A, a concerto did Finn Balor in. Yeah. Which is basically a bit, that was a big part of this feud. Yeah. So I, I um, was cool. It was cool. I thought it was cool to see that the concerto was the one that ended it. And Edge gets added to the very, very short list of people Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns to yeah. beat the demon. 
Very cool. Next up is the main event of the evening. Roman Reigns, the tribal chief himself, the head of the table, picking up the victory over Cody Rhodes to retain. Oh, where do we start on this one? I think right off the Entrances. bat. Yeah, when Cody came out and made his... Well, even Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns... Well, well, Cody came out first. I'll talk about his first. But he came out and went to the ringside area. And obviously his whole family sitting there with, uh, with Brandy, Liberty, his daughter, his mom, his sister. And Negative One was sitting there. And Michael oh, Cole yeah. mentioned him by name on commentary. And, I, and Cody gave him the, the weight belt that had all the companies that he worked for post-WWE on it. And I thought that was a really cool moment to have Brody Jr. there. That was just... And actually, so special. Yeah, that was super touching. And like, yeah, and the the fact that they did mention uh, who they were, I thought that was just incredible. Yeah, you know. But Roman Reigns' entrance, he had like a a symphony of pianos playing to the ring. Gunther could have used the orchestra. (laughs) I don't think Roman Reigns needed something like this. This is where they spent it. And then uh, the match itself, we saw Solo get involved a few times before getting ejected. I thought it would have been cool if maybe Stephen Amell brawled with Solo to the back or something like that. Uh Uh-huh. Given that he was sitting ringside. In a perfect world, it would be Goldust getting involved in the match or just even Dustin Rhodes, but obviously that couldn't happen. Yeah. Um, Outside of this, outside of that, I just thought the match itself was a really a good fight. Yeah, I I agree with you. I thought this was a solid fight. It had that fight atmosphere about it where you didn't know what was going to take place. Um, that Superman was, punch counter to the disaster kick I thought was really good. Yeah. The, the guillotine choke that Roman Reigns locked in and then locked in even harder. You thought that he was going to be out I of thought, it. Dude, and Cody even at one point his like leg was quivering and I was like, that's like awesome. Yeah, he was great selling uh, the entire event. Paul's face when Cody got out of the team was just, like, incredible. Yeah. And Cody yeah. accidentally, at one point, kicks the referee. He gets hit with the Superman punch, and we see the Usos show up. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn showed up. Uh, Kevin Owens yeah. being out there with the Dusty Rhodes shirt I thought was really cool. Yeah. And Solo Sokoa ends up returning a bit after all that went down. Hits Cody with the Samoan spike, and that ending left me absolutely shocked. I mean, I did. I like the spot where he locked in the Ric Flair figure four as well. The Dusty Rhodes figure four? Well, he did a woo. Um, but man, after Cody lost to me, I know we've spoken about this already. Yeah. It literally, to me, almost felt like when Brock Lesnar beat Undertaker. Because you're so, you're like you go into this so sure that Cody's gonna win this or Undertaker's gonna win that, and you know the outcome of the match and you you want that to be the outcome of the match and then it doesn't happen and it's just like, <gasps> so that's the that's the difference with us because I went in thinking Roman Reigns was gonna win, and I you, had a did you choose Roman to win this? Yeah, because I I was thinking that he was gonna hit that one thousand exceed that 1000 day mark at some point soon so there's no point to i i have to believe that that's what they're gonna do is get him past 1000 even though 
the 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 high records in WWE history are for the WWE Championship. Roman Reigns has only been WWE Champion at this point for over a year now. Yeah, he won it I was from, actually texting last year. So I was actually texting somebody the other day about it. So I could see him defeating uh, Pedro Morales' record, which is one thousand twenty-seven days. That takes us to the middle of June. He could okay, still June. he could still have the the higher record and whatnot. I, he's not touching. Backland, I don't think he's not touching no, Hogan. I, he's not touching Bruno. So for the so just for the so Bruno is at one thousand two hundred thirty-seven days. Hulk Hogan one thousand four hundred seventy-four days. I do not see him touching those at all. No. Where would the? I mean, I don't. It would move him the, to I think uh, fifth third. So if he beat Pedro Morales, it puts him into the fifth most. What do you mean? It puts him in the top five. Who else is past that? I think it was Bruno Hogan, Bob Backlund. That's it. And then and Pedro. No, no, no. There's somebody else that I wasn't expecting to be up there that's up there. It was Pedro Morales as number five, Bruno, Hulk Hogan. There was Bob Backlund. And then there was one other wrestler that I just can't remember. On a list of reigns, the highest reigns... We have why? Oh no, I'm looking for days. Uh, Bruno San Martino is 28:03 for one reign. Bob Backlund, on a technicality, is 21:35 on one reign. Hulk Hogan okay. is 14:74. You have another reign for Bruno at 12:37. Oh, that that's 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 what it was. Sorry, it was Bruno San Martino up there twice. Yeah, so that's not. It would still like as it, as most like combined days as champion even. Yeah, so he would be up there in the top five. But well, but, no, well, combined they they typically do like combined days. I think. So on the on WWE.com, they have them separate. So they have Bruno as number one with the twenty. Well, yeah, actually, I guess they would do the singular reign because if you had combined, then John Cena would be involved in that picture as well. Yeah, so WWE.com has him separate. So Pedro, he would move into, I guess, technically fourth? Three, four. Um, yeah, So he would move into fourth. So I think they can definitely do that and... I feel like it just has to be Cody on July 1st. Exactly. Winning the Money in the Bank and announcing the the Raw after Money in the Bank. I'm cashing in this Friday at SmackDown. I mean, the thing is... Uh, keep on going. That's, that's it. And then he successfully wins that. The story has been Dusty Rhodes and the WWE Championship and Dusty Rhodes at Madison Square Garden against Billy Graham. And where is the SmackDown going to be? That's Madison Square Garden that Friday. So he, so he goes out, wins the money in the bank. They fly back to the United States or whatever. Huge pop. Cody Rhodes, he's the money in the bank contract holder. I'm going the John Cena route. So now, okay, or ready? The Rob Van Dam route, I mean. I'm going to tell you, I am cashing okay. in. This is this is happening at Madison Square Garden on Friday night. I'm are going you going to... Are you going to do it as an actual match or a surprise? Like if no, he's saying I, that I he's going to cash in. Well, the, no, but you didn't say. So yes, is I it did. going to I be an actual said, match? Like Rob Van Dam, I am going to say I am cashing this in. So then you're setting up the actual one versus one, not interfering or nope. anything. 
Just okay. just on Monday night, he comes out and says, I have the money in the bank briefcase, Roman. I'll see you at Madison Square Garden. I could I could totally agree with that because, I mean, Cody Rhodes can't win like Edge. It has to be no. an announce. It has to be an actual matchup. And Danny Cage, he brought up how this was Cody's garden moment, technically, where he was robbed uh-huh. of winning the WWE Championship, the the Universal what's, whatever championship here. And I really like that moment? comparison. What's the garden moment? Where Dusty thought he had won the WWE Championship from Superstar Billy Graham, but it turns out he didn't. Mm-hmm. So Dusty didn't get that championship, and now now Cody's like knocked down a peg. Even though I'm after what happened on Monday Night Raw, I'm not sure where that's going, but we'll get to that. But I think I have an idea. I, I I love your planning. I think that what you said could really happen because now you get even more so fan support for Cody Rhodes, which wasn't needed. But, but, but everybody, yeah, but it's now everybody but, can feel that that loss from Cody here. Exactly. So an but actual I think, win at Madison Square Garden, a thing that Dusty Rhodes himself, his father. From the start, the storyline. I'm returning to WWE because my father could not win that WWE championship. But now also add on to the factor, you're also you're getting that victory with Cody Rhodes at the place where it should be. But you're also achieving Roman Reigns breaking 1,000 days, which is huge. Which we I I don't know if we're gonna see somebody be able to carry another championship for a thousand days. It takes a lot to carry for that long of a period of time, especially on the main roster and carrying the big championship, the main championships. So I don't know if we're going to see, I don't know who will see do that ever again. So I think that him getting to 1000 is very important. And you laying that out what you did, I think it's, it's great. Yeah. So, yeah. But that was WrestleMania. Um, unfortunately, after WrestleMania weekend, we found out that Butch Miller from the Bushwhackers, unfortunately passed away. Um, our thoughts and condolences, condolences to his family and his friends. Yeah. Um, beyond, beyond unorthodox, he and his cousin Luke, they rose to fame in, in WWE, obviously prominently as, as the Bushwhackers, but they were never tag team champions in WWE. They held gold in a lot of other places. Yeah, they were the, what, the sheep herders. Yeah, and even as the Kiwis, they held gold as well. But before ECW existed, they were one of those hardcore style of wrestlers that were doing that hardcore style. And yeah. they, they got inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame in 2015. And I really think they had one of my favorite speeches of all time. Because it was mm-hmm. just so fun that they were doing everything, and it's and it's natural that they had fun up there. Because growing up as a kid, I would watch them during my era of childhood, and seeing them coming out, licking their, uh, licking the fans on the forehead, just doing their their march, their silly march that everybody knew. Yeah. You know, it's just just the up and down with the arms. Which they're, I could swear, if you walk like a bushwhacker, you're almost guaranteed to gain money, uh, money, muscle, or like lose weight or something <laughs> from that. But I, I, and I didn't grow and, up watching the bushwhackers, but for me, I, I remember them being on Family Matters. Uh huh. I remember obviously enjoying seeing them in the the gimmick battle royal at WrestleMania seven uh, uh, seventeen. 
I mean, I don't know if you were familiar with it, but I mean, or if you remember them, but all the segments with them, yeah, Gorilla, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Their promos, I know, like going back and watching all their promos, I was like, they're so much fun. And I, I was sitting with my niece one day to like show her like some wrestling things. And I showed her specifically, I went like to, to seek out the Bushwhackers because I know how fun they yeah. are. And uh, she would just, she would, she watched it the whole time and she was laughing. Yeah. So I, I knew that they were chaotic and fun to watch and I thought she would enjoy it and she turned out to enjoy it. So I thought that was cool. But like you said, our condolences go out to Bushwhacker Butch's family, his friends, and all the fans around the world. Yeah. Um, so we're going to move on to the night after WrestleMania. That is right. The Raw after Mania Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Kicking off with Triple H hitting the ring. As we mentioned previously, the Endeavor news broke on Monday. And Triple H going out there and pretty much straightforward addressing everything that took place and all the news. Um, he just reassured that WWE is not going anywhere. It's here to stay. He did the exact same thing at the press conference on night two, which is why I thought I was going to wake up on Monday to the transaction being done. Uh-huh. And then he just basically went out there, did the same exact thing, and then he introduced Roman to that sea of booze where Triple H had that smile on his face. Yeah, I caught that too, where he just had that smirk, and it's just like... I don't know. I, I, it was kind of like, to me, it was like that Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley moment where like, you like are proud of that person. You're like, they, you know what? Yeah. Uh, now that I'm out here in front of the crowd, instead of behind the scenes, listening to everything being out here. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. And he went and he gave Roman a big hug. He shook Paul's hand. He, he shook Solo's hand, probably whispered something like, uh, this is your moment kid or something like that. <laughs> And, brass ring kid. and Roman Reigns went to the ring heavily booed. And after oh, they asking, hated him. Yeah, and after asking Hollywood to acknowledge him, Cody interrupted. And he said that Roman was the better competitor at WrestleMania, but he wants a rematch. And he wants yeah. that rematch on Monday Night Raw. Paul Heyman brought up a bunch of places where Cody's not getting a rematch. It felt a little uh, Dr. Seuss-esque. But... Puerto Rico and Madison Square Garden were some of the names that he listed. And then Cody pitched a tag team match since Solo got involved at WrestleMania. And Paul threw it back saying that Cody's partner has to be somebody who wrestled at WrestleMania then. And then that said partner will never receive a, a title match against Roman Reigns. And out came Brock Lesnar and I was not expecting Brock Lesnar. No, I mean, and it made sense, too, after they made mention how Brock Lesnar is not able to challenge Roman Reigns for the championship during this championship reign. Yeah, so it fit perfectly into that. Yeah, I mean, I at the current time, you're thinking any, <laughs> like, you're you're running through the list. It could be this person, that person, this person, that person, and then they... I think it would have been Lesnar. awesome to see Snoop Dogg and Cody Rhodes teaming <laughs> up again. You know, I, sign me up for that one, but then... I mean, even Stephen Amell, I would have popped for him. But, well, I but, mean, obviously, there had to be somebody who performed at WrestleMania, and I'm going through that role oh, yeah, that's true. in my head. I'm like, I just can't think of absolutely anybody. 
Yeah, that's there's no true, way in hell that I thought and Brock. The last tag team he match, uh, last tag team match he had, I think, was in uh, maybe in New Japan in 2006, maybe. Uh huh. And prior to that, the last time he even had a match on Monday Night Raw was 2002. Yeah, and I I thought that this was just I like I liked the stipulations. It was very unique. I don't think we've had that before, where the person had to compete at the previous event and is not able to challenge. So pretty much that person who's stepping up to plate is making the sacrifice for Cody Rhodes that they can't challenge. His last tag match was teaming with Shinsuke to take on Aki Bono and Ricky Choshu. As if that wasn't like something crazy to go back and look on. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that match gets set up. Later on, the Usos approach Roman's locker room. And Paul explained that Roman was out talking over the match with Solo. And he told the Usos, Roman had told the told Paul to tell the Usos to get a head start. They get the go go have the, the jet seafood. And they go, and he turns into the locker room, and Paul Heyman says, I took care of it. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I know. I mean, they lost the championships, so you didn't know how that was going to go, but we'll see. Uh, first match of the night, almost picked up the victory over Elias. Um, and he was obviously going to be the one that winning. That was going to win. Is this the match that you kick off Raw after Mania with, though? I thought because they did that, we were going to see something else afterwards, and that just didn't happen. Yeah, I. this matchup was not how you so, start off Raw after Mania. No. No. After that, we had Bad Bunny interviewed, and Kathy Kelly asked him about backlash in Puerto Rico, and he basically just said he can't wait, and then it sets up for Rey Mysterio to come out. Ray comes out, thanks the fans. He thanks Bad Bunny. Austin Theory interrupts, which I thought had they had good back and forth together. But it sets up a match where Austin Theory picks up the victory and, and beats Rey Mysterio. And I thought it was a decent match. I don't think it was anything special. But I definitely expected Rey Mysterio to win this. But I think the bigger picture thing from this was Dominic attacking Ray. And then they stepped up to Bad Bunny, and Bad Bunny fought back. Yeah. And Damian Priest ended up putting Bad Bunny through the table. So at Backlash, now I can only assume it's Rey Mysterio and Bad Bunny versus the Judgment Day. I could see that for sure. And hey, sign me up. And I like that Adam Pierce was pissed off that the Judgment Day did this. Yeah, yeah. After that, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn came out. They just wanted to celebrate, and Kevin was like, well... My idea of celebrating is a fight. And here, again, you feel like, oh, we're going to get a surprise tag team or something. Yeah, you're like, I mean, at this part, you're like open challenge. And you're like, oh, man, Raw after Mania. <laughs> and then you start listing the tag teams. Who's available? Who's a free agent? Who could it be? And then Street Profits come out. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, any other day? Just, just not that day, please. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Rightfully so, picking up the victory. And I thought the match itself was good. It had that super, yeah. super weird ending. Yeah, uh, Kevin Owens hitting the stunner where Ford was just standing there for a prolonged period of time. And then Sammy pushing him into the corner uh, for the halufa kick. Yeah. 
it it was different. I, I just we'll feel say. like we needed one of those like Enzo and Cass interrupting the Dudleys moments. Yeah. And we didn't get that. And then after that backstage, we had Seth Rollins interviewed and he spoke about beating Logan Paul at WrestleMania, but he wanted to go to the ring because that's where the fans are. And the fans, he goes out there, they sing his theme song. And again, you're waiting for somebody to interrupt and he just, that's it. That's all that it was. And people are speculating that maybe it was potentially called on the spot to change the segment. There's a clip of Seth Rollins. He's got a microphone in his hand at one point, throws it down during the commercial break. And we don't know if that's legit, though. Right. I'm just I'm just saying that right now. There's a lot of speculation about that as well, that this is the moment that everything was changed with Seth Rollins, where there is no confirmation of that at all. Uh, a moment that I did like from this Raw after WrestleMania, we saw Bobby Lashley interviewed, and he spoke about not competing at WrestleMania, but Bronson Reed interrupted and basically said he wants a match eventually. So I'm here for that. I feel like it's Bronson Reed's going to be losing, but I I would prefer Reed to pick up the victory there. But as long as what he's getting the tag, yeah. No, no, legit. What happens if they end up tagging together? I, that's there's no way. That just makes no know. sense. It doesn't, but I mean, where don't, else do nah, you put them? It's not even. <laughs> it could it could be a side feud, but then I mean, I look at Sheamus so. and Cesaro, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre completely together. It could, but Mustafa Ali walked in after Bronson Reed left and tried to, I guess, get him to bad timing. Yeah, he tried to get him to think more positive, and he's like, "Stop saying no and this and that. Stop accepting no." So Lashley was like, oh, so, okay, I want a match against you. And Mustafa's like, oh, well, no, that's not what I meant. And then Lashley dragged him to the ring, and I thought it was going to be, like, a super, super, like, quick match. Yeah. Which it was, but even though Lashley picked up the victory there, we saw Mustafa Ali evade Bobby Lashley a bit. Yeah. Which led me to think maybe we're going to get Ali to actually get some sort of quick victory over him. Or somebody come out. Well, no, I was thinking here specifically a, a Mustafa Ali victory. Yeah. Uh, after that, Bianca Belair came out to thank Asuka for being such a tough opponent. Rhea Ripley showed up, which was cool to see them in the ring together as champions. And then Rhea Ripley said that Bianca's just lucky that she didn't choose her because then she wouldn't be champion. And they spoke about this hypothetical or potential one day scenario. We're seeing uh, who's who's the better champion between the two of them. And then I thought it was cool that Raquel Rodriguez was even involved at the... She came out with Liv Morgan for her entrance. But we saw them previously, all three of them, hold their championships and celebrate yeah. in NXT together. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, we know they're all very tight. I mean, Raquel and Rio were teamed together. But we saw Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan beat Damage Control. No Minus. mention of Bailey. Yeah, no Bailey. And I thought what? I thought Liv and Raquel would win this. And they're gonna be facing Becky Lynch and Lita next week, so that's cool. But it's just very weird that there was no mention of Bailey. And later yeah. on, Team Bestie and, and Becky Lynch were interviewed and they were happy to be done with damage control. Becky Lynch wants to raise the prestige of the, the, 
the women's tag team championships. Trish, interestingly, kind of stayed back after that. And Byron went for a fist bump, but she didn't Nothing. do it. Yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, you had Bailey tweet out as well saying, and sometimes the most romantic love story comes to an end. I don't know if those are lyrics or not, but... I mean, it... But we don't know. But then you have... So now you have everybody on Twitter saying that there was a, some some news site put out a fake it, news yeah, saying that Bailey... Yeah, saying that Bailey asked for her release. So then everybody on Twitter started doing Bailey appreciation, which don't get me wrong. All of us appreciate her. Um, but then you also have uh, Mia Yim tweeting out saying... Guys, please, because then it became this huge thing on Twitter about the women not being featured. And then you had Mio Yim tweet out saying, guys, please don't overread everything. A lot of us haven't been home in over a week. We are happy to finally have family time and sleep in our own beds. I legit feel I shouldn't tweet. You know, it's like everybody's reading into every single But Bailey thing was out not there. mentioned and her stable is right there losing. So, yeah. Yeah. After that, The Miz came out and he spoke about how there's so many surprises for him at WrestleMania and how they all went bad and how there's not going to be any more surprises for him. And we're like, oh my God, this is the moment. They're going to finally turn this episode of Monday Night Raw around. <laughs> and then it was just no offense to Matt Riddle, but it was Matt Riddle. Yeah, sorry, Matt. And Miz attacked him. Certainly not the bro I was hoping for. No. So that sets up a match for next week on Monday Night Raw. And then we close, we go to Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar versus the Bloodline. <laughs> and the match doesn't happen because before the match, Brock Lesnar scoops up Cody Rhodes and F5s him. Uh, the Bloodline left, and that moment actually shocked me. I was getting prepared to see Brock Lesnar wrestle in this tag team match, but he beat the absolute hell out of Cody Rhodes, and he dropped him on, uh, he dropped another F5 on the, the ring steps at one point. So it definitely reminded a lot of people comparing it to after WrestleMania 28 where John Cena was in this position. He lost to The Rock and he gets Brock Lesnar's return and Brock beats the hell out of John Cena. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is so what my thoughts are about this. This was totally a shocker. Crowd hated it. Somebody Cody even called Rhodes- a Brocker. Cody Rhodes <laughs> sold this like crazy. Uh, I mean, he was stumbling to the back. It's it's now the most the the worst rated RAW of all time. And for those that don't know, rumor is Vince McMahon was back in charge of writing it. Rumor, we don't. Know. I mean, this episode I feel like speaks for itself. From SummerSlam 2022 to WrestleMania 39 Night 1, there was just like, it was just really, there were some down moments, but for the most part, it was a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I agree. And this was just like, oh, it it seems like this is probably true. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I like that, but now you're going to have Cody Rhodes taking on Brock Lesnar at whatever an upcoming pay-per-view. So now you have Cody Rhodes sidetracked from Roman Reigns though. You know, that impending storyline. To me, that just didn't make sense because for me, the story was written there where it'd be the bloodline. You didn't even need Roman Reigns in the match. 
Usos and Solo versus Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and, and Cody in Puerto Rico. Well, well, the thing is, we don't know where the Usos lie with Bloodline anymore. Well, or with Roman, Roman Reigns, Reigns, at least. Yeah, exactly. So, in my eyes, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and the Usos are done for now. But here's hoping for Money in the Bank and Madison Square Garden. I'm with you on that. That's the Raw after WrestleMania. Moving over to Stand and Deliver that took place at the Staples Center. Crypto.com gimmicked arena. Yeah, boy, oh boy, did they deliver. Um, Kicking off, Chase U. Picking up the victory over Schism. And uh, Duke Hudson, that moment, that moment. I mean... Well, there was tension between Duke Hudson and Tyler Bate throughout the whole match. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize, by the way, that this was even going to be on the kickoff show. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it was the kickoff. So, uh, this also was Ava's debut match. And what she did in, in in it was minimal, but I thought she did well. Yeah, I thought that she was fine. I liked Thea Hale going up against Jagger. I thought that's always fun to see. Yeah, but... I, I, I like that she was getting involved a lot. Thea Hale was, in my opinion, incredible in this match. Yeah, very much so. I'm a big fan of Thea Hale. And yeah. uh, in this match, we saw Duke accidentally kick Tyler Bate. And they almost lost, but Joe Gacy ends up giving Duke a Schism t-shirt, and he takes it, he he takes his Chase U t-shirt off, and then puts it on. He puts the Schism t-shirt on. And the crowd is booing, and, you know, you didn't want to see this moment happen. <laughs> but when he backed up, I'm like, oh, it's yeah. about to go down. <laughs> yeah, once he, started, once he started backing up, I, I texted you, like, right before that happened. I'm like, he's going to end up ripping off the shirt and he started backing up and so he's not in sight of schism he takes off the shirt and then we got another brawl the brawl restarts and i thought that that moment really gave a fresh breath into this matchup yeah i thought it was a cool spot and uh chase U retains the rights for chase U. Uh, I'm not in control anymore. And unfortunately, uh, after this event, basically, this weekend, it was reported that the Grizzled Young Veterans, the the, the Dyad, the Dyad, uh, asked for their release, and apparently they were granted, but I I don't know if it's official or what's the deal. I think it's just an absolute shame. We haven't gotten confirmation on it. We did have one of them tweet out an old picture of them as uh grizzled young vets but yeah, there's but that been... was that was the other day though wasn't it um i don't know i thought that was today but even still there's been no definite confirmation on either side so i wish but... they were bigger than they are right yeah. now i i yep. they should have been tag team champions there how many times should have they won that tag team tournament yes they should have won the dusty cup yeah, so many. Me and you talk about it so many times. They've always made it to at least the semifinals. They were screwed. All... They were screwed out of two K twenty three again somehow. Gals yeah. again screwed. I just I don't understand how that. No respect. No respect. It just but... makes no sense. So hopefully we wish the best of them, and hopefully they're hopefully they're not gone, and hopefully they get pushed. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that. Ha- I mean, actually, that's the tag team that I was I was thinking about. Now it's hitting me. Oh, when yeah, when Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn when that took place, um, 
because the rumors were out there about their release that day on Monday. And I was like, oh, maybe Grizzled Young Vets are going to come out during this one to step up. And then it was Drew Prophet. So that just well, triggered I think, me for that. Uh, given the, the state of, of uh, what's his name, looking a little different. I don't know if he would want to go back to being the Grizzled Young Veterans right out of schism like that. That's true. That's true. Well, next up you had Indy Hartwell picking up the victory over Gigi Dolan, Roxanne Perez, Tiffany Stratton, Lyra Valkyria, Zoe Stark in a ladder match to become the new NXT Women's Champion. I, Where do you want to start with this match? This was a really good ladder match. I like the one part where Indy Hartwell lifted the ladder to avoid Zoe and Gigi's drop kicks to the outside and then backed up into them. I thought that was a pretty cool spot rather than having them both just like drop kick the ladder into her. Yeah. Zoe hitting that blockbuster off the apron, which triggered Tiffany Stratton to hit Indy Hartwell with the catapult into the ladder. I thought was nice. Yeah. They, I think that every woman in this matchup totally stepped it up. Yeah, Roxanne, I, I thought another cool spot was when she was literally hanging by Zoe's leg off the ladder. Yeah, that... I would be too afraid to do something like that. I'd be like, am I going to like pull their leg out of their socket or something like that? Yeah, it had me cringing at moments. Um, we saw JC Jane show up and stop Gigi Dolan from winning. She pushed her off the, the ladder. Yeah. She spoke about that on NXT this week as well. So this feud, what I thought was going to be the, the big blow off at, at Stand and Deliver, it's going to continue. So we're, we are going to get that big match between the two of them, hopefully. Yeah, and I think that the payoff, that finish, Indy Hartwell getting to the ladder. She was turn- so injured that she could not climb. Yeah, she was, she was beaten. And then out of nowhere... Dexter Loomis comes sliding into victory, appearing right underneath her, and he just rolls over, gets her on his uh, his shoulders, and helps her finish climbing that ladder to take the women's championship. And uh, Vic Joseph was like, it's sexy Dexy, and Book was like, what? Sexy what? (laughs) Yeah. I thought that was so funny. And uh, yeah, I would I would have preferred for Roxanne to have retained, but with everything how the match ended, I'm so happy that Indy is champion. I, I she should have been champion at this point already as well. So yeah, I'm happy about that. We saw Gallus retain the tag team championships against the Creed brothers and the D'Angelo family. Uh, one spot that didn't really go how they wanted it to go, but I still think it was an incredible feat of strength. Yeah. Was the double doomsday device Brutus bomb that Julius did with, with Mark, uh, and stacks. I, I thought that was just an absolutely insane move to even try to pull off. Brutus does connect, uh, I believe with stacks like a little tiny bit, but it's obviously like, if it was a different angle, it would have looked much better. Yeah, I, he I think that they with his hands, I believe, so it like triggered them to fall uh, over. But obviously, not, that's not how they wanted it to go. But it wasn't even 
he barely even yeah, connected it with wasn't, the hands. Yeah, I mean, that's even a force. Yeah, no, it was definitely not how they wanted it, but it, I still think it was a fantastic setup. It was a fantastic setup. I would love to see it actually uh, take place, like actually hit. The strength uh, they alone for Julius yeah. to hold them up like that is, is just, I thought it was so impressive. Yeah, they could have definitely helped out with uh, production-wise, showing a different angle. Well, I mean, but. it's a split-second thing, so... I know. Next but up but had... Joe Joe Coffey showed up to help Gallus win, and and uh, they're back together. They had the, a promo on NXT where yeah. they just reassured everybody that this is their kingdom. Yeah. We had uh, Pretty Deadly interrupt the D'Angelo family later on, and... Stax kept saying that he let Tony down and Tony was like, it's okay. And both of the teams, they got to a pushing fit sets up a tag team match for Tuesday. After that, we saw Wesley pick up the victory over dragon Lee axiom, JD McDonough and Ilya dragon off to retain the North American championship. Uh, right off the bat, dragon Lee's entrance. I guess they're, they definitely goofed on his entrance, but the fact that it like pauses and mentions him being a former two-time CMLL lightweight champion as well as an IWGP junior heavyweight champion, I thought was really cool. I know people were probably expecting them to, if they were going to show off those championships, why not yeah. show off Ring of Honor? Well, hello. Mm-hmm. Why not show off Ring of Honor? It's because Tony Khan owns it. I don't think I don't yeah. know if they'd want that. Yeah, you kind of uh, can't do that. But it was a really know. good match with a lot of incredible spots. I yeah, think... McDonough and, and Dragunov just going <laughs> they, at each other. They tried still. to kill each other the whole match. I thought, I've, And I thought it was very well done between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that they just hate each other. Like, I can't wait for... I mean, we see match after match with them, but I, I don't know. Maybe there has to be a unsanctioned match match for a payoff between them or something i mm, we'll see next week yeah um i liked also axiom and jd mcdonough hit that halloween havoc ddt spot Mm -hmm. i thought commentary like given that the hall of fame was literally just then they could have mentioned that it was a Rey mysterio thing but that didn't happen yeah. And speaking of unsanctioned matches, we saw Johnny Gargano pick up the victory over Grayson Waller in an unsanctioned match. Yes, this is the match that Dragunov and McDonough need, but this match was... Waller played up that heel role perfectly. I mean, I love how Candice LeRae was in the crowd. She Even had the before baby. that, dude, they, Johnny Gargano started this match off right away with a super kick while Grayson Waller was still making his entrance. Yeah, yeah, and then we it goes off. It spills out to the outside. Booker T gets knocked off almost as soon as the match starts. I thought that was crazy. Mm-hmm. They did that other spot we spoke about a few weeks ago when Kevin Owens faced Solo Sokoa with the chairs, the bridging chairs. I have no, I still have no idea how they do that spot. Yeah, they they had so many good ones. Yeah, even uh, when Waller jumped over, there was a table set up. He jumped over it, cleared it to hit that that the stunner that he does. I thought that was so good. Yeah. And, and then obviously you mentioned Candice was ringside with, uh, well, not technically ringside, but sitting there with Quill. And the fans went absolutely nuts when oh, Candice handed Quill off. 
Yeah, she jumped over and she grabbed that uh, kendo stick. And she was wailing on him, on uh, Waller. and Left a lot of marks. Yeah, she beat him up. And it was just nice to see shades of Candace from, like, that we've seen her in the past. You know? It really took me towards, like, her battle with, like, the Young Bucks, you know? Yeah. Um, but the spot where Johnny put the chair around Grayson Waller's neck and then smashed it with another chair, I thought was really dope. Yeah. No clue. And then he won using the Gargano escape and index came out and all four of them celebrated. We had, uh, uh, the way celebrating together. I thought that was really cool. Indy Hartwell out there as the newly crowned NXT women's champion. Candice LeRae super stoked for her. I thought that was a cool moment. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Next up, you had Isla Dawn and Albert Fire picking up the victory over Kiana James and Fallon Henley to become the new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Um, we sh- I should I don't know if I predicted this one, but we should have. Pretty both. sure I did. Yeah, I think you did. I should have as well. I mean, the tension between Henley and James with the. Cheating. Yeah, but it's interesting because Kiana James and Fallon Henley, we've seen it building over the, the past few weeks. They don't like each other, but even though they weren't 100% on the same page, they still came out in matching gear. Yeah. And they I mean, were you, still somewhat on the same page. Yeah, but they weren't on the page that mattered. Like, even at the very, very beginning, Kiana James pushed Fallon Henley out of the way. To save her from Alba Fire. Yeah. But it came down to Kiana James trying to get Brooks to to give her 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 bag. And she was like, don't do it. Briggs and and Henley said, absolutely not. And that literally led to the end of the match where where Alba Fire and Isla Dawn picked up the victory. They're the new tag team champions. And I am very, very happy that this is happening because... I've watched NXT UK weekly since they had that that big rebranding. Mm-hmm. So when it went away, it sucked, and I was just happy that Isla Dawn was one of the people that... I mean, Alba Fire was already over here, but Isla Dawn, I'm just happy that she was another one that, that was able Came to come over. from NXT UK, and, and now she's tag team champion, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think that they both have really good gimmicks going for them right now, and I'm excited to see them as champions. And they work very well together as a tag team. Yeah, I agree with you. For the main event of the evening, Braun Breaker defending against Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes coming out as the winner to become the new NXT champion. Carmelo Hayes uh, coming out with that Lakers gear and the number eight on his knee pad for, for Kobe Bryant. Yeah. In the house that Kobe, what do they say house that Kobe built? You could say that. Um, I thought Braun Breaker coming out of the doghouse graphic was cool. I thought no. that was an interesting thing. Um, yeah. But this was a really well done match. Trick Williams was kicked from ringside at one point, but he, the referee got knocked down. Carmelo Hayes ends up tapping, but Trick Williams came back and clocked Braun Breaker with that championship, which led to a fantastic false finish. I thought that was going to be the end of it. Braun Breaker kicked out, and we saw Carmelo Hayes later on hit that code breaker, 
and he hit his finisher and and picked up the victory and Braun Braun Breaker almost said Braun Strowman that always happens. <laughs> Braun Breaker handed him the, the title and showed him respect. Yeah, and I thought that was a great way to end Stand and Deliver. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Fast forward I... to NXT on on Tuesday. It started with technical difficulties, which was super on par with how it felt the the Raw after Mania was. But Indy Hartwell opens the show with a lot of you deserve a chance. Even though uh, she was champion with Candice, she wasn't sure if she could do it on her own. And the fans stood by her the whole time and she wanted to acknowledge Roxanne Perez. Because without Roxanne Perez, she wouldn't have had the ladder match opportunity. So she wanted the first person to get that title shot to be Roxanne, which Zoe Stark interrupted. She wasn't having it. She wanted a title shot. She spoke about how so many legends and future Hall of Famers have held that NXT Women's Championship. And now Indy Hartwell holds it and it pretty much lowers the value of it. And now there's a beatable champion for her and she wants it. Indy Hartwell accepted, and the match gets made for for later in the night. We saw Pretty Deadly defeat the D'Angelo family. I thought it was a decent match. One of the the turnbuckle pads got ripped off, unbeknownst to the referee, I guess. And I liked that spot where where Prince and Tony knocked heads. And then pretty deadly kind of did a twin magic spot where he was hidden under the, the ring apron. And when they realized who it was, Elton Prince was able to smash Tony in the face, uh, smash Tony into the turnbuckle. And then one off of that, I thought that was a great ending to that match. After that, we saw Dijak pick up the victory over Odyssey Jones. This was a, a good big man match. Both of them got to show their strengths. And I, I just, I, I, can't wait to see what's next for Dijak. We saw Dragon Lee pick up the victory over Nathan Fraser. Noam Dar showed up before this match started with the NXT UK Heritage Cup. So that got a big pop from me because he's been missing. The Heritage Cup has been missing. I wish there was a way to defend it in 2K23. At least it's included in one of the MyRise stories. So I thought that was cool. But... He basically said that he's going to be deciding who gets to wrestle him for it. Not that anybody was out there asking for it, but uh, the match itself I thought was really cool. The reverse of the German suplex by Nathan Fraser I thought was really nice. Uh, And again, like uh, like that that match on, on Saturday, a lot of good spots in this match. And I wish it was longer. I think it, it, it'll it be interesting now to see how Noam Dar ties in. Maybe since Dragon Lee won, we'll randomly see him be the, the next UK Heritage Cup holder. I'm not sure. Nathan Fraser was interviewed later on, and he said that he'll continue to change his year around. And he's had a moment of enlightenment, which I don't know if it sounded like he's turning heel maybe for a potential like new character. But I'm, I'm looking forward to see what happens with that. We saw Chase U with a big celebration speech by Andre Chase. And he thanked Tyler Bate for helping them. Duke wasn't really happy that he was getting thanked. 
because it was him who won, but Andre Chase ended up saying that they're going to have a ceremony for him next week and award him the MVP trophy. So maybe we see more schism stuff. Still unfortunate with that, the the JYV situation. After that, the match Indy Hartwell took place, uh, defending the title successfully against uh, Zoe Stark. I was surprised that this match wasn't the main event. But it was a good first title defense for Indy Hartwell. Zoe, we saw her hit her finisher, and Indy rolled through the ropes. Uh, And then she got the pin by reversing Zoe Stark's pin. So, like I said, a good first title defense for Indy Hartwell there. Tiffany Stratton came out afterwards, basically to show that she wants the title. Meanwhile, in the ring, Cora Jade, while Indy's back was turned, Cora Jade returned and attacked her. And then Jade got into Tiffany Stratton's face, basically just saying that it's not, it's it's her time. She She's going to be the next champion. And Lyra Valkyria welcomed her back later on and, and said that she can't escape fate. So it's cool to see Cora Jade back. It's cool to see Lyra Valkyrie still in that in that title scene like that. After that backstage, we saw Brooks and Kiana James, where she was obviously pissed off that he didn't give her the, the bag. And Fallon Henley let it slip that Kiana James was cheating on him. And she was like, oh, well, we've never said we were exclusive. But it changed when we shared our first kiss. And now she can't trust him. And Brooks was super annoyed with Josh Briggs and Fallon Henley. He went and chased after Kiana James. So I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't want to see them split up. Them, I mean, Fallon Henley, Josh Briggs, and Brooks Jensen. After that, we saw Ivy Nile pick up the victory over Tatum Paxley, which I thought was a fun match. The fans were super behind Ivy Nile in this. And I would love to see Ivy Nile show up to the main roster someday and just step up to someone who's like super dominant like uh, Ronda Rousey and then get that victory over her in the debut match. I think that would be really cool. This, I have to assume it's done between Paxley and, and Ivy Nile now. And then the Creed brothers came out and celebrated with Ivy. We're missing Roddy. Hopefully he's coming back soon. Ilya Dragunov was interviewed, which was interrupted by Von Wagner. Getting in his face, basically trying to to get a match. And Rob Stone showed up to try to stop him from picking a fight with Ilya Dragunov. And he said that, if you want the match, I'll get you the match. But if you lose next week, we're done. So, it'll be interesting to see if Robert Stone is no more with Von Wagner. After that, we saw Wesley defending and retaining the North American Championship against Axiom, which stemmed from an airport meeting where Axiom basically just asked for another match and Wesley accepted. How Axiom was in there with a a mask on, I have no idea. But uh, I thought it was a good match. I liked that Wesley was going for his finisher, but it changed mid-air to hit a double stomp due to Axiom going to counter the finisher. I thought that was really cool, but Wesley eventually hits it and showed off mutual respect afterwards. And Scripps showed up via voice to mess with Axiom. 
And then he tried to attack Axiom, but Axiom saw it coming and kicked him. And fans popped big time for that. Uh, they, they aired a video after that to show that Tank Ledger, Danny Palmer, and Oba Femi will be showing up on NXT TV soon. It, it kind of seemed like one of those 2.0 introductions for a, a TV, but in a video package form. They've all been on Level Up, so you can go back and watch episodes of that and see them in the ring already if you want. And then NXT ended with Carmelo Hayes celebrating his championship victory. Uh, Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes put Braun Breaker over, and he called him out to thank him for presenting him with the championship afterwards. And Braun Breaker basically said that the reason why he did that was because Champa did it for him. And he learned it from Champa, so that's why he paid the respect forward. And Braun Breaker went to leave, but Carmelo Hayes stopped him so that they could shake hands. And here's where I was like, maybe I when Braun Breaker even came out in the first place, I'm like, I don't know if I could trust this. And then he went to leave. I was like, oh, that's interesting. He's gone. Hayes pulls him back for the handshake. They're celebrating. Boom. Braun Breaker decks Carmelo Hayes. He smashes Trick Williams. Hits a huge spear on Carmelo Hayes after that too. So I guess instead of getting called up, Braun Breaker is going to potentially be a heel. And I say potentially because I don't know if that's going to happen or not because the fans... When he when he attacked Carmelo and Trick, he, they they were booing, but after that spear, people started doing the dog barks and chanting one more time, and that's how NXT ended. So I don't know if he's going to be a heel or not. I it seems like he will be. What's next for him after that? I don't know. This this episode of NXT, I thought was, the matches I thought were good. I wish we had more. Some bigger surprises, not to take anything away from Noam Dar or Cora Jade, because I thought that was awesome, and I was a big fan of that, but I just wanted something like a big debut or something, or some sort of surprise, I think because Monday Night Raw really just like took me out of the WrestleMania spirit, (laughs) but that was NXT, I'm going to move over to SmackDown. And just based off of what was announced prior to the show, it seemed like it was going to be so much better than Monday Night Raw was, and I think it was. We opened up with the Brawling Brutes picking up the victory over Imperium. I thought this was a great match. I liked them building up uh, Sheamus versus Gunter in this match, where they didn't really square off for, for a long time, but I thought what they did was still good. And both teams are so good that there wasn't even a dull moment of the match. I thought everybody did so well in this match. Backstage, Paul Heyman was interviewed by Kayla Braxton. And she asked Paul if he had known about why Brock Lesnar did what he did to Cody Rhodes. And Paul Heyman skips over it by using Passover to ask why this night is different than all other nights. And he skipped the Brock Lesnar question. Spoke about the bloodline, main eventing WrestleMania both nights, and then Jey Uso interrupted, told Paul that he hadn't seen Jimmy all night, and Paul said that Roman wanted him to stay home. And he wanted to watch Jey Uso in the main event, so 
that that sets up stuff from later in the night. First match of the evening, or no, second match of the evening, saw Ricochet pick up the victory over Ivar. I think after losing at WrestleMania, Ivar definitely needed the victory here. But that wasn't the case. This match, I thought, was still really good. Uh, that running crossbody that that Ivar did to the outside of uh, the ring apron to Ricochet, I thought was really good. I just think it was the wrong outcome. Again, after that, we saw Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan pick up the victory over Natalia and Shotzi Blackheart. It was somewhat of a short match, but they packed some cool things into it. I like that stretch muffler that Raquel basically forced Shotzi into. And then Raquel got the tag to Liv Morgan where she was able to drop kick Shotzi in that position. I thought that was cool. But... I think given that they have a match against Lita and Becky Lynch on Monday Night Raw, that it would be them who would win. So I'm not, I'm not like annoyed or upset with the outcome. I just figured that's what was going to happen. Backstage, we saw, we saw Xavier Woods and Madcap Moss with Emma playing WW2K23, which was interrupted by LA Knight, who was pissed about being left off of WrestleMania. And I, I think a match basically got set up from that between Xavier Woods and LA Knight. LA Knight smashed the controller, which I think is just nuts because it's like a normal person expensive. <laughs> like, I mean, to them, it's probably nothing, but to the working man. <laughs> After that, Triple H came out and I really thought it was going to be the same thing as Monday Night Raw, but... He spoke about WrestleMania and everything that, like, the records that it shattered, etc. And then moved on to the future, and he announced that the draft will be taking place in a few weeks, and everybody is going to be eligible. And he promised it's going to be the biggest draft in the history of WWE. I have to assume that we're going to be seeing some cool NXT call-ups here. Like, pretty deadly. Maybe grizzled young veterans, we'll see them. Maybe something cool will happen. Maybe they're not going to be gone from the company as the the rumors were swirling early in the week. They did work, level up. So still, like I said earlier, hopefully they're not gone from the company. Triple H then went on to introduce Rhea Ripley and the Judgment Day, and they had a promo. Rhea Ripley celebrated her victory. Huge heel heat for Dominic here. I thought that was fantastic. It's always great when he gets that heat. But each member of the Judgment Day spoke, which I liked. Charlotte was addressed. Edge was addressed. Rey Mysterio and Bad Bunny were also addressed. And then the Judgment Day went on to defeat the LWO. I wish Rey Mysterio wrestled in the LWO shirt to maybe like elevate the stable and solidify them as that stable. But... We saw at the end of the match, Rhea Ripley saved Dominic from the 619. Zelina Vega took her out. And Rhea chased her from the ringside area. The LWO was pretty much set up to beat Dominic, but it was Damian Priest who was the legal competitor. So he basically snuck in there to, to win that. And I just hope that the LWO gets victories, a super killer entrance theme. And becomes more established as a faction. Because I don't think they should be using Rey Mysterio's theme song. 
And I feel like the original LWO theme song might be too heelish. So maybe some sort of like remixed version of that to make it more upbeat or something face-esque would be cool. It was also announced that Shinsuke Nakamura will be returning next week. We have not heard anything about him since he faced Great Muda back in January. So I'm glad that we're finally seeing Nakamura back. Before the main event, Sami Zayn had wanted to speak to Jey Uso and he felt like he had to do it. He basically just reiterated everything that he's been telling him for weeks now about the bloodline crumbling and he told him that it doesn't have to be like this. And then off camera, we heard some commotion, pipes falling or whatever it was. And Sami Zayn rushed over there. It was Kevin Owens who had a production case dumped on him by Solo Sokoa. And Jey Uso saw it. It kind of seemed like he wasn't pleased with that. You go into the main event, Jey Uso picks up the victory over Sami Zayn. And Sami tried to talk some sense into Jey throughout the match, but we saw Solo Sokoa make his way out during the match. Sami hit a really nice exploder suplex from the top rope I thought that was cool Jay attempted a superplex at one point but that was reversed and then Sam and then Jay reversed Sammy's reversal so nothing else from the top rope happened but behind the referee's back we saw Solo Sokoa hit a Samoan spike and off of that Jay Uso was able to win so now with Jimmy sitting at home maybe it causes friction where he sees that maybe that's what shouldn't be happening I don't believe Jay would have been able to see the Samoan spike. But Solo continued attacking Sammy afterwards. And Jay did just stand there up until the point where it came time for Solo to hit another Samoan spike. He stopped him. He hit that super kick and then instructed instructed Solo Sokoa to get a chair. So maybe it won't cause friction. Only time will, will tell with that, but it was Matt Riddle who came came down and made the save. And I think maybe he should have been saved for this instead of been used, been used on Monday. Because he's tied into that Bloodline storyline. His last match before he got hurt, it was literally against the Bloodline. Where he teamed up with New Day. So, what happens with all of that, we'll obviously have to see. That was SmackDown. I'm going to take a quick break right now, and I'll be right back here on Marking Out. This is Aaron Sheik. You listen to the Marking Out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out, episode 635. Uh, I'm here by myself. Chris, unfortunately, can't be here. So I'm going to talk about all the AEW action by myself. Uh, Supercard of Honor took place on Friday night at the Gallon Center, Los Angeles. The only, like, real thing to note from this, we had the Lucha Brothers coming out on top of that Reach for the Sky ladder match for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. Chris and I, last week, 100% we thought it was going to be the Kingdom, as they were the only tag team built up for those tag team championships. But the Lucha Brothers are champions. And then Shibata beat 
Wheeler Yuta for the, the pure championship. I think that's uh, that's pretty cool, and I'd say maybe unexpected. But outside of that, I, nothing big happened at Supercard. But AEW Rampage last week's, we saw Sammy Guevara take on Takeshita. Darby Allen and Jungle Boy watched this match from the back. I thought this match was pretty good. I, I liked the, the release German suplex that Takeshita did on his knees. I thought that was a really cool thing. I don't know if he's done that before, if I've ever seen it before. I don't think I have, but I thought that was a really cool spot. I wish Takeshita would have won because I thought he was in a spot where I thought he was a contender a few weeks ago. And now he's pretty much forgotten losing to Sammy Guevara. And I understand why Sammy won. It seems like they're going to eventually do something, some sort of four pillars match. And I'll speak more about that for Dynamite. After that, we saw... The Best Friends versus the House of Black. And it ended in a disqualification. And I don't know who won that match. Because the House of Black could have been disqualified for using the table. The Best Friends could have been disqualified for using a chair. But Buddy Matthews ended up attacking Orange Cassidy. When Orange Cassidy tried to make the save after the match. And House of Black just ran through them. And Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews pulling double duty that night on TV. We saw a little bit of Buddy Matthews on the the Hall of Fame. I thought that was cool. But uh, that really just sets up for AEW Dynamite this week. The the Rampage stuff, not the Hall of Fame stuff. Uh, Ty of Valkyrie picked up the victory over Marina Shafir. Cora, uh, Cora Jade. Jade Cargill made her way out to the ring. To watch and see if Ty uses the road to Valhalla. I don't think this match was good. But Mark had a court processor to serve Ty afterwards. So the court processor got hit with the road to Valhalla. And I think that's just super goofy. I I don't think... I don't think Ty of Valkyrie has been used to what... She should be. She seems like an ex- a Rampage exclusive talent. That to me is goofy. After that, Juice Robinson in the main event picked up the victory over Action Andretti. Was the story in this like I'm standing up for Ricky Starks or something? I didn't get it. I didn't get why this was a match. Juice Robinson afterwards mocked Ricky Starks. That I understand. And then Ricky Starks ran down and chased him up the ramp. I think it's it's been a huge fumble for Ricky's booking coming off of beating Chris Jericho. And I think Sammy Guevara and Takeshita should have main evented this. But this ties into the opening of AEW Dynamite that took place at the UBS Arena on Long Island. Ricky Starks was out there going to face Juice Robinson and the match didn't happen. Because right before the match, music hits, fans go wild-ish, and Jay White White shows up and attacks Ricky Starks. 
So it was a hot return to AEW for Jay White. I just don't really care about this iteration of the Bullet Club right now. Maybe if Finley was there, I think maybe that could have been cooler. But Jay White's no longer with New Japan. In quotes. Backstage, you had Chris Jericho interviewed. Basically saying he's not okay with what Adam Cole did to Daniel Garcia last week. And then Keith Lee interrupted and said Chris Jericho disrespects everybody and it sets up a match for next week, which I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that match. I think they could do some cool things together. Match after that, we saw House of Black pick up the victory over the Best Friends to retain the trio's championships. Sue making her return to AEW, driving Best Friends into the arena. Got a big pop for that. We saw LFI sitting in the crowd watching this, including Drillistico. And I thought it was a decent match. I hated the cheerleader spot, the launch spot where the best friends launched. Uh, was it Orange Cassidy that probably got launched? Because the House of Black, they just stood there and watched it happen. I thought it was going to lead to them like reversing that. But we saw a cool pile driver spot with Trent and Brody later on in the match. But it was Buddy Matthews who hit the stomp and picked up the victory for the team. Uh, After that, backstage, we saw Christian with red lights. I immediately thought we were about to see like a change of Christian, like a brood Christian. But it was Luchasaurus who walks through a door. Uh, It's it's like that Lucha Kane version still. So we don't know what's next for Luchasaurus and Christian. I feel like Jungle Boy still has unfinished business with Luchasaurus, but I really hope that that's just like not going to be a thing. But after that, Jamie Hayter successfully retained the AEW Women's Championship against Riho. Uh, I thought this match was okay. I definitely thought that the first Haterade was going to be the end of the match, but Rio kicked out of that, and Jamie Hayter picked her up to hit a, another one to, to, to win the match. After the, the match, though, the outcasts were interviewed, and they sarcastically congratulated Jamie Hayter for, for winning the match. And Ruby Soho basically just said that one of them will become champion and take back the division. And I liked Renee was like questioning. She's like, well, there's only one title. There's three of you. And they're like, don't, don't, don't even start, Renee. We'll worry about that when, when it comes time to. And I liked that segment. I thought it was a good segment for the outcasts. After that, we saw the Jericho Appreciation Society introduce the acclaimed and Max Caster's rap at one point basically just said that they can't join the Jericho Appreciation Society. And Angelo was like, does that mean you want to fight? And then added together and it sets up an eight-man tag match for Rampage, which we'll talk about next week. After that, though, MJF Day, where some band played and then MJF performed. He sang Pennies from Heaven from Louis Prima. I think MJF should 100% tour because this was amazing. I thought that was fantastic. They had the, the town supervisor for Oyster Bay there, which people booed him, but he presented MJF with a bigger key to the city. And then MJF basically went down to run down the three pillars 
the three other pillars, I should say. And he spoke about having ADHD and he called out a teacher of his who wasn't kind about it and really didn't believe that he could become a pro wrestler. And MJF was about to do an encore, gets into it with uh, somebody from the band, turns out to be Jungle Boy. And uh, fans booed Jungle Boy, which I kind of feel like it's dumb to have something like that take place on Long Island where MJF is one of the most over people in the building, if not the most. So maybe they should have not had Jungle Boy in that segment, but it's it gets separated. Sammy Guevara came out for his match. He held up the championship. MJF was furious, but... As long as this segment was, I I don't even care because I thought it was fantastic. And after that, Sammy Guevara picked up the victory over Commander. Decent match. There were fun spots with Commander. Darby watched from the rafters. Sting, I believe, was, was advertised for the show. I don't think any Sting appearance took place. But Tony Schiavone interviewed Sammy Guevara afterwards. And Sammy Guevara basically saying that unlike the champion, the world champion, MJF, he's referring to, he wrestles. He actually goes out and wrestles. And he said that back in the day when he faced MJF, MJF didn't actually beat him. Even though MJF got the pin over him, it was Sean Spears in a chair that did Sammy in. And Sammy's promo, to me, really did not make any sense because... He's literally done the same things to to win matches as far as cheating goes. He's in a stable, the Jericho Appreciation Society, known for cheating. So I thought that was goofy to do that. After that, we saw Hook pick up the victory over Ethan Page to retain the FTW Championship. Ethan Page goes for a twist of fate. Hook reversed it and hit his own twist of fate. I like that spot. We saw Isaiah Cassidy distract the referee. And Matt Hardy clocked Ethan Page with the championship. And then Hook choked uh, Ethan Page out to, to win. And then left with Matt Hardy and Cassidy. I think that's weird, but I'm definitely here for, for Matt Hardy breaking away finally. It did, for some reason, set up a rematch on Rampage. So we'll see how that turns out. After this, though, we had Nigel McGuinness, who returned at Supercard of Honor. I think I, I guess I misspoke because I think that's a pretty big thing. Um, he's now signed with AEW as well, though. But it was him and Tony Khan for Tony Khan's big announcement. And I think it's just an awful announcement. For what they teased it to be. First of all, I don't want to take anything away from the actual announcement because I think... It's, it's AEW All-In at Webley Stadium on August 27th this year. Very close into, in, into dates with uh, SummerSlam 92. I think that's a pretty cool thing. But why would the fans of Long Island, you hyped up this, this announcement. Why would the fans of Long Island care about London? And I really hope, even though it's not going to happen, I... I want Tony Khan to stop doing these sort of huge announcement things. These company changing announcements. Streaming to me is a a huge company changing announcement, not a a show overseas. 
I understand that it's a 90,000-seat stadium. God bless them if they fill all 90,000 of those seats. But I really just want them to stop doing those he has a huge announcement thing. Because this isn't, to me, a huge announcement for what the way it was hyped up. I don't think it's equivalent. The last time we had the huge, big announcement, it was for Adam Cole to announce a reality TV show. Which maybe they poked fun at by having Adam Cole in this segment as well. I think the the goofiest part of this, the press release, was them acting like it's a huge homecoming for Anthony Agogo. A man who hasn't been seen on television since June 2021. So, that's goofy. The United Kingdom fans are are nuts. I'm sure they're going to do somewhat well over there. 90,000 is a crazy amount to, to aim for. So, hopefully they do sell it out. After that, we saw the Blackpool Combat Club defeat Aaron Rourke, Alvin Alvarez, and someone else who I did not catch. They didn't even announce who any of these people were. But that was a very quick match. The The main focus was afterwards when Brian Danielson spoke about them being the only pro wrestlers, seemingly trashing WWE in the process, which is dumb. Storyline-wise, trashing the AEW locker room, which I get. Hangman Adam Page came out, very stupidly tried to attack them. And then he gets his ass kicked, and Brian takes out a a screwdriver and gouges out Adam Page's eye. Kind of like Rey Mysterio, except we didn't have an eye gimmick hanging out. I don't know. I, I'm i certainly not a fan of that segment. I don't know if the AEW universe is. But the main event saw FTR pick up the victory over the guns to become the new AEW Tag Team Champions. If FTR lost, they would never be allowed to wrestle in AEW again. So I went into this and thinking... They were obviously winning. The guns came out to 50 Cent, which I thought was bizarre. But many men was definitely going to be stuck in my head for a few days. The match itself I thought was okay. It just seemed like way too set up for FTR to win. Like there were so many spots where the guns were cheating to try to get disqualified. Colton pulled the referee out at one point to stop stop the count. FTR, um, at one point, which I think it was Austin, might have low-blowed Dax, and then basically begged the referee to, to call for the disqualification. Meanwhile, it was Cash who stopped the ref from doing that. And then they tried to use a title. The referee stopped it, and Austin got another title slid to him, which he used to block the headbutt from Dax. And I like that spot. But Dax kicked out of that and eventually they went on to win. So I felt like there was like those hurdles that were definitely placed there. But it just seemed way too set up that 
there was no way the Guns were winning. So, hopefully this title run is like a thousand times better than their first title run. And and that they do something with this. Mark Briscoe came out to celebrate with them afterwards as AEW went off the air. I thought that was pretty cool. So, that's AEW Dynamite. Hey, Brandon. Got any shout-outs? I am Grover, and you're listening to Brandon Shoutouts. The first shout-out goes to WrestleMania 29. Can you believe it's been 10 years this week since since it took place? Uh, no. And that was such a crazy week for us. Because we did back-to-back nights of PWS on the 4th and the 5th. Literally, I think that's like one of the coolest shows that I've been to because I got to... S- for the most part, hang out with superstar Billy Graham for a while. Yeah. And we got to meet a bunch of people like Iron Sheik, Jushin Liger. I'm still jealous. You got a full gimmick picture. I I just met him briefly after the show backstage. Finley, I thought was cool that we met that, uh, that we got to meet him, but I did the hall of fame. He wanted to pair you up with Mark Henry, right? No, <laughs> but I, I did the Hall of Fame on on the sixth, and then you and I went to WrestleMania with our friends, uh, and and obviously Brad as well too. Yeah, and it was cold and rainy at the beginning, but overall, I thought it was really cool to be at WrestleMania. I think it's always just cool to be at WrestleMania. I yeah. wish I can go every year. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I I wish the same. I can't believe so much time has passed. You know. Um, you always look back at it and it's like, what else can you do during that week? And there's so, you just can't sometimes, you know, I feel like for New York wise, we couldn't do anything else. That one, the, for like WWE wise, it was, uh, it was like too spread out. I feel like, yeah, I could have given that it was at MetLife. I mean, even for WrestleMania 35, they had access at, um, at one of the piers, mm-hmm. and and to get from there to MetLife, like that's a, a, a pretty big gap. And even during WrestleMania 29, there was like so many events. We we chose to stay overnight in Jersey for that for for PWS, and then came home, did the Hall of Fame, and then drove back to Jersey on on Sunday. Yeah, so it was a very crazy weekend. Got to see I- Undertaker's last streak victory. Yeah, where he put away CM Punk, and obviously we saw John Cena, The Rock too. So that's cool. true. I feel like the next time I go to WrestleMania, it would probably be a destination WrestleMania. I mean, of <laughs> course, is I would Philly, go. Is Philly a destination to you? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would consider Philly. Uh, would you? No, yeah, take a drive over there. Would you? Yeah, we could. We've driven to Philly before. Have well, we? Allentown. That's that's beyond Philly, isn't it? I don't know. I think so. Philly's uh, south. Allentown's more inward. We've done it. We could always consider. Philly's near uh, Atlantic City. Huh. Yeah. I don't want to go to Atlantic City. That place. <laughs> <laughs> but Party Down's getting my next shout out. And I spoke about it when it came back a few weeks ago. 
they only aired six episodes, so it was literally probably six ep- six weeks ago at this point. But I, I really just hope everyone watches it. I think it was a despite not being. I think the other seasons were ten episodes, but despite it not being like the same length, it was it was such a good season, and it was really as if nothing had changed from when it was canceled originally. Uh huh. A big pop for the ending. I don't want to spoil it, so I'm not going to say what happened. No, you can't. I just, I, I hope it gets picked up for more seasons, so watch it on Stars. Give it a shot. And then Murder Mystery 2 gets the last shout out. It is Adam Sandler's new film on Netflix where him and Jennifer Aniston reprise their roles from the first movie. And as they're, they're a married couple and it picks up four years after the, the original um so check that out as well i i enjoyed it it's very there's there's parts where we were like they were very adam sandler-esque mm-hmm. i think the first one was much better than this one okay. i went and looked up at reviews recently and the Not first one hot. they they weren't kind to either of them uh, but i thought murder mystery one was like really well done uh-huh um not to say this one wasn't but i think the first one was much better but uh, check it out. We spoke about last week. I spoke about when Jennifer Aniston threw shade towards Adam Sandler for liking wrestling. That was the press that she was doing. So yeah. But those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for our our Right, our mark out moment of the week. I think starting at the Hall of Fame, uh, it was really cool to see Bob Zamuda in Andy Kaufman's Hall of Fame video package. Yeah, I thought maybe he would be there. I, I think it would have been so cool if they had Tony Clifton show up to Mania or something like that. Andy Kaufman as him, well, as Clifton. Well, Bob Zamuda would be doing it, but. Didn't Andy perform Andy, as... Andy was Tony Clifton, but when they needed scenes where... Not scenes, well, real-life scenarios where they tried to prove that Andy wasn't Tony, Zamuda was playing Tony Clifton. Mm-hmm. So I thought that would have been a cool thing to do. I was super worried that Great Muda wasn't going to like spit mist or anything. During Mm -hmm. his speech, so it was really cool to see him do that afterwards. Also, Ric Flair, when he introduced Muda, rewind back to when he inducted uh, Tatsumi Fujinami. He called Fujinami the best Japanese wrestler he's ever been in the ring with. And then, fast forward to Great Muda's speech, he did the same thing to Muda. (laughs) Ric Flair's double dip in there. Right he, off the bat, needs- though, Ric Flair, it was like such an off-the-wall speech. Like, right off the bat, I'm sure they were like, do not mention Sting. And the very first thing he did was, oh, I'm surprised Sting isn't here or whatever. I'm surprised you didn't have Sting do this. <laughs> That's funny. Um, But Conan, I thought his speech was really, really good. Yeah, I thought that that was very touching. I thought it would have been cool if uh, Conan... Like maybe came out at WrestleMania with Snoop Dogg and and Ray. Snoop Dogg and Ray. Yeah, yeah, I thought that would have been cool, but that didn't happen. 
uh, during the the Hall of Fame segment on night two of WrestleMania, they were they were zoomed out for for Muda's miss. So I was disappointed that it was like too zoomed out. But I yeah. marked the absolute heck out that Andy's siblings had the World Intergender Wrestling Championship with them. Mm-hmm. I thought that would have been cool if they had that at the actual Hall of Fame, but that that title was like the the title that Andy would defend against the women. Yeah, I thought that was really cool that he he was carrying that there. Yeah, you know. And very happy that Andy's in there. They they showed off. I saw somebody posted at uh, at Access. They had, um, I'm assuming, I don't know if it was a full outfit from Andy or if it was literally like replica outfit plus the actual neck brace that we saw from the Most Wanted. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was just like that being the authentic item, but it was in a, a case with a full outfit and a full-bodied outfit. And the years, it said Andy Kaufman, 1949 to 1984 with a question mark next to it. I popped for that. <laughs> I popped for that. I saw when The Miz was showing that off in the question mark. I thought that was so funny. Yeah, that was really cool. Do you have any other markout moments? Uh, let's see. So for markout moments, I definitely uh, marked out for, there's so, there was so much to mark out for. Like, honestly, I marked out for the entire weekend. I really marked out for the entire weekend, the entire weekend of WWE wrestling. It was so hard not to mark out. Um, Marked out for MJF getting a key to the city. Yeah. You know? Um, But, yeah. It was just an incredible weekend. They, uh, They dropped the trailer for the Muppets Mayhem today, so... I was happy with that. Mm-hmm. It's coming out on Disney Plus, and uh, it's going to be May 10th, the all episodes, so you don't have to wait weekly to watch it. That's always good. I-, I wish that they would have Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem tour. Mm-hmm. They've played festivals in the past, but I didn't get to see them, so. That would be cool. Also, I marked out for Stephen and Mel being there, too. Yeah, that was cool. I wish there was like more mention of it. Yeah, they really didn't mention him at all. Given that he was a, an opponent of Cody yeah, at one point. But uh, this week, The Rock also announced with Disney that there's going to be a live-action reimagining of Moana. And it was cool to hear The Rock talk about Peter Maivia in the video and how he was an inspiration of, of the character Maui. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to... Whatever the the reimagined live action Moana looks like, I'm sure it's going to be visually stunning. Oh yeah, so no doubt about that. But those that's what I marked out over this week. Do you have anything else now? No, no, take it home, brother. Well, thank you so much for checking out marking out episode six hundred thirty five post WrestleMania. Follow us on. Twitter at Marking Out, at BTTG161, at Chris Sween Dog, at David PTDPT. Of course, David and I are the same addresses on, or the same handles on Instagram. Chris is CMSween85, Facebook.com slash Marking Out, YouTube.com slash Marking Out11. That's also our Instagram, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Marking Out. By the way, speaking of t shirts, I. Purchased a WWE Andy Kaufman t-shirt. 
Oh. That, that will be here apparently on May 2nd. Nice. Very <laughs> it's cool. taken forever. <laughs> so that sucks. Huh. Yeah. Uh, also, check us out at Market Out on TikTok, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, MarketOut.com. And we wish you the. the- Best of luck, luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Uh-huh.